rolling on the audio and I'll just transition in the uh, video. Five, four, three, two, one. Recording here with Rob McCormick, musician extraordinaire. Uh, I've been wanting to have a musician on the podcast because there's a lot of things that I'm going to ask you questions about, uh, about the digital music right now. I want to talk to somebody in the industry, uh, so to speak, and uh, no one better in my opinion. You were on Spotify when you played a show for our nonprofit three or four years ago. Yeah. Cause I remember I was kind of pumping you up in the gym and, yeah. and before you got there and after you left playing your music on Spotify, getting that point zero 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 nine, you know, whatever it is. I wish it was that much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man. But you know, I, I've, uh, you've been on my radar for a long time. I don't know if you remember this, uh, but I'm, I'm in a, like 10th, 11th grade. I have this shaggy hair. I'm working as a barista in the college Avenue coffee house. Oh. You come in with your black and white newspaper S flyer with the fans. Oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah, That's and you're like, school. "This is my fan club." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which, but uh, I remember the manager was like, "Yeah, I don't know about you playing here." And then he was like, "Oh wait, I've heard of you. Yeah, you can play here." And then you you became kind of a staple of of that venue, College Avenue. I'm trying to remember who was the. It's now Fox. And That's Fork. right. It was Fox yeah. and Fork now? But I was, who was managing back then? Was um, it? His name was Robert. It was uh, before that we had a guy named Dylan Egan, okay. and he uh, he led. But uh, Ron Leonard owned it. Oh yeah, I remember Ron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Josh Wilson was just on the podcast the other day, and oh, we, cool. we were uh, we were reminiscing about him playing the piano in there back in yeah, the day. Yeah, man, I I love that spot, man. It is such a I unique little uh, a unique little spot for Clarksville. Yeah, and the fact that it's supporting. I mean, uh, well, Fox and Fork is doing really well there, and they're you know. Yeah, that's good. I heard they got. Uh, they have live music too. Uh, so. Live music. You still playing there? I do. I, I, whenever I can, I, I try to uh, always set aside at least once every three or four months. So. Yeah, nice, man. So you just you burn up the you burn up the local scene for sure. What's uh. How are you traveling? What kind of gigs are you doing? I mean, well, you're just a busy yeah, guy. Yeah. Well, last night I was uh, in um, Little Rock. I was playing at uh, the Tavern down Montchanel Parkway. Nice. And then um, tomorrow I'll be at uh, Fort Smith, Bricktown Brewery. So, you know, it's, it's just kind of bouncing between Little Rock, Fort Smith, Fayetteville. Um, you know, my wife and I, we had kids, and we're like, I want to be, be around. You know, I want to be, yeah. be gone for three weeks at a time. So we made that decision to stay within – Basically a six-hour radius. So I'll, I'll go to St. Louis and I'll go to um, Shreveport. We've been, Shreveport's a good little area. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a it's. I think all towns have their own personality, you know. And and Shreveport's really unique in that uh, there's so much uh, cultural flavor there. Yes, you know, that, you know the Foo Fighters are playing at the Horseshoe in that, just a couple of months. Uh, I've been panning all these local concerts. My birthday's coming up, so Uh-oh. I'm like, I'm spotting what I'm. What we're gonna go celebrate right and see. Right so. on. Um, my wife and I decided we were gonna celebrate with uh, uh, our 15th anniversary. Um, Congrats! Thank you very much. That 15 is new 30. Uh, <laughs> so we're gonna celebrate. Uh, we're going to see you too in Tulsa in, oh, in May. Nice. Yeah. So that's super. Yeah. Early. We're, yeah. Cora's been jamming uh, Bloody Sunday around the house. Oh, right on. Yeah. Right on. Uh, did you ever hear that story about how Bono was had a death threat if he played Sunday Bloody Sunday no. they were, were going to kill him, and so they, and this is probably earlier on in their, in their career, but they kick it up and he starts singing it and he just closes his eyes and holds his arms out and and uh, okay I've said, seen that's that's an iconic picture right I think right I, I feel but like then I've he seen. opens his eyes after he's singing the first chorus and he didn't get shot. And Adam Clayton, the bass player, is standing right in front of him, just looking out at the audience. <laughs> so he's like, "I got you covered, bro." Wow. I think that's why they're still together after forty years making music because friendship. 
you know. Did you, uh, and I just recently watched this because I've been going down a big Led Zeppelin rabbit hole, oh, yeah. but did you, um, have you seen um, It Might Get Loud? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Man. Like, you know, when it came out, I just, I, I didn't appreciate it like I did when I saw it the other day, but yeah. uh, that part where um, uh, Jack White and The Edge and um, Jimmy Page are playing cashmere. Right. Well, I know, man. Oh, yeah. I'm saying it's, uh, yeah, they're just three iconic you know, those guys are just iconic uh, guitar players. So, Yeah. Man, uh, so outside, I know you've always been playing. You've, you've always done gigs, whether it's uh, events. I, I've seen you play downtown at, uh, here in Russellville. Yeah, the music um, downtown Sunday. Is, this, is, is music what you're doing full-time? Yeah. yeah that's amazing. Uh, I feel like that's been the gig for the last since I've you've been I, on my radar. Are you ready for this? I mean, this is, will be my 20th year as some guy named Rob, and this is my 20th year of... I, when I was 20... I, mean, I want to say, but let's say early 20s. <laughs> I, I quit uh, all my jobs. I was working four jobs that I didn't like, and um, I just thought I, I was working... I find myself on Friday and Saturday nights I was working. I was working all the nights I should have been playing music, and I thought everything I'm doing is kind of productive to what I want to do, and so I just quit all, everything, and... Uh, which is completely stupid. No one should do that. <laughs> yeah. But but I did. And I I did the same thing, man. Yeah. I got that uh sort of entrepreneurial Exactly. Yeah. So. Well my dad started a business, you know, whenever he was in his twenties and he started, you know, um that I think that there's something about that entrepreneurial spirit that it it gets passed on. If you're around people that are like that, then you're more likely to, to do it yourself. So I I started playing shows. I would play anywhere, play everywhere. Um and the more that I the more they did it, the more people eventually kind of did it. And then we'll, we'll make an album. So I made an album, and that was successful. You know, for, for a first album, it was successful. And what was the name of your first uh, album? The Irresponsible Years. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so yeah I have uh, several of your CDs, man. From back in the day, I was p uh, panning through an old CD case. I'm working on a music room across oh, the cool, hall. Oh, cool, um, And uh, so was that Something is Nothing? Uh, everything is, that, is Nothing. Everything is yeah, Nothing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was my ecclesiastical... Uh, <laughs> You know my my revelation of wow, in you know in the end we're all gonna die and and uh, you know everything we know is gonna change so we might as well get used to the idea that all things are in passing and all things are transient so yeah indeed yeah indeed um, yeah but uh, I, I I came to your shows and bought your CDs yeah, requested I mean, songs I had, dude, had I I appreciate it I mean and so I've, I've rented out the Center for the Arts October twentieth okay and I am uh, in two thousand eighteen and it, it's uh, what I'm trying to try to do is put on a show, like a real show. I'm talking like aerial acrobatics and hula hoops, and like I just want to like reach out in the community and grab this talent and grab this, and then put it all together for this really fun 20th celebration of you know just being here and because you're right, surviving in Arkansas of all places, which is not known for its you know the, everyone's like, well, Johnny Cash came from Arkansas, but he left. You know? <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, to stay here and to have been able to do this for the past 20 years has been my full-time job. Then it's uh, it's a blessing, man. It's really a blessing. So. Yeah, no, and uh, that's uh, living the life. I, I have people ask me like sort of weird questions all the time because, you know, uh, my wife and I, we have a pretty unorthodox lifestyle as well. Right. We own a, a martial arts academy, right. a mixed martial arts Forza, gym, jiu-jitsu, yeah. Forza. And um, <clears throat> it's, uh, you know, I've got that, and I teach a little class on the side just f to satisfy my interest in history. And, um, you know, I've got my, got my hands on a lot of different things that I really enjoy doing. That's just kind of always been my take. I, yeah. I don't know uh, if 
some people probably would say I had a problem with authority back in the day when I was much young, younger, but I feel like it's just been my, like, that's my personality type is to, to be able to work, you know, I work a hundred hours for myself and 40 hours, for somebody else type of situation. No, man. I, I think if we think about, you know, the job market right now, so many people have been, I was studying this today about education, about how it's in need of reformation because we've, we've, uh, we've taught them how to be factory workers. And now we don't need factory workers nearly as much as we need creative thinkers. And we need people who are going to solve critical thinking and timely, you know, and, and so I don't know how, we need to restructure that. Yeah, you know, um, I deal. You know, we have the nonprofit, and I we offer a fair amount of free classes. So I'm yeah. always dealing with people that probably, and not saying that the people who do the free classes are a lower tier of individual. Yeah, no, it has no. nothing to do with you know. that. But um, <clears throat> I'll get a lot more kids in like the boxing program, for example, that they don't have a lot of motivation. Yeah, you know, I'm not going to go to college. And I, I used to, you know, hey, well, you need to right. come up with something. Now I'm just like, well, you know, maybe the college is not for you. But here's some other things that might be. Right. You know, and um, I'm fortunate enough that I get to use my master's degree to do something fulfilling. Right. Yeah, I actually, you said Reformation. I was like, oh, dyslexia, I'm not this <laughs> Martin Luther action. There in the you house. Go. Um, there I was go. like, okay, guys, it's not the most exciting topic, but we're going to make it exciting. <laughs> and I, I think they enjoyed it. Um, yeah. Because I wasn't excited about it when I heard about it last, but I did a bunch of research and put in my due diligence to yeah. learn uh, learn that topic. This is definitely not my strong suit. Oh, I got you, man. I got you. But uh, yeah, you know, and then too, just uh, like I actually work at a, a college that's big on vocation, but uh, I tell anybody, I'm like, well, you know, there's a lot of people that have college degrees now. I actually right. felt like pressured to get a master's degree just because I'd already got my undergrad, and it's like, well, what am I going to do with this? <laughs> And uh, but but that's kind of how college is set up now. It's it's if you you need to have a master's, you need to have a PhD. Yeah, and I'm I'm probably going to get my PhD. I mean that's a that's a long term goal. I may not do it till I'm forty, but uh, and fortunately, uh, working for a UA campus, I get um, half price tuition on my PhD. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I've played down there at the uh, the Malta campus, right? And it's uh, oh right on. Really, I've always enjoyed the Union Station campus. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. It's one of the nicer places that, and one of the nicer campuses that I remember playing. They've really um, done well with uh, the infrastructure, and they're building a great new building for the vocational stuff. That's not has nothing to there. do with why I'm pumping it. No, no, no. I drove by there last night, and uh, I don't. What's the building with all the glass windows? That's and, that new one they're working yeah, on. Yeah, beautiful. It is. And I was like, has this always been there? Because I was driving by last night. I was like. I don't remember that being. That's gorgeous. They, yeah. they really are putting some. Uh, well, and just uh, I was I was looking forward to it. It gets nice outside because campus is they've got nice sidewalks and yeah. benches and yeah. I mean to be right next to I forty, it's uh, it's a no, beautiful it, little it, spot. It, it really know? is. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. Well, um, so you you're talking about music. What, what um, you were saying about digital digital music? Yes. Yeah, so. Um, this seems to be a topic that's coming up um, on a lot of a lot of artists that I'm following, yeah. and uh, whether uh, I was uh, the lead singer of a garbage was on a podcast I was listening yeah, to sure recently. Yes, um, and uh, you know, of course, like James, from, what, ranging from that, from like James Hetfield from Metallica, he was on Joe Rogan recently. I was listening to him, but it's it's interesting to me to see some of the people's views on. Like I mentioned, I'm like, hey, yeah, I got your CDs back there in the box because right. it's just, you know, you really I, I can listen to you. Right there. Yeah. I can right. listen to you on Spotify right, right. and it's, it's weird to me how we've gone to like this cloud based digital system 
and yet still I just bought my first record player across right. the hall also. Right. So like I'm I'm kind of starting to collect vinyl. And I'm a I'm a vinyl junkie myself. It's it's a different sound and it is a different sound and it makes you pay attention to what you're doing. You know, like that's that's the thing is I tell people a hundred a hundred years ago, if you wanted to hear music, then your mama better be singing while she was doing the dishes and you were harmonizing with her while you were helping her, you know, and then maybe Uncle Eddie would come from two counties over to, with his five-string guitar, and it would be normally six, but he broke one. He hasn't made back into town to get that, you know, six-string fixed. So that was music 100 years ago. It was more silence than anything else. Now we wake up, it's playing music. We go into our car and go somewhere, it's playing music. We get into an elevator, it's playing music. We go to a meeting, it's playing music. We go to dinner, it's playing music. There's always music. And I think that, and, and this is, I mean, I've, I've analyzed this a lot. I've spent a lot of time. I can tell. I was like, there is music everywhere in the world. Just right. Listening to you say that. Right. I mean, and there really is. And I think what it is, there's two things. Like, I think about things a lot, you know, I dichotomize them and think, okay, spiritual and, and you know, in, in the real world, physical. And, um. Well, that could be, they're both real. <laughs> but, but I think, uh, spiritually, people don't like to be alone with their thoughts. They don't like silence. And um, that's why people will leave the TV on whenever they're not watching it. That's when I, I do people that all the time. Well, I mean, it's just because it's, it's, it, there's even a little bit of dread whenever people reach over to turn off the TV because it's almost like you're alone. And I think that if we just address that and like and maybe even condition ourselves, be like, you know what, I'm going to sit here for an hour and not be entertained by because music is entertainment as well. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to listen to the, the radio. I'm not going to do this. And I, I made a, a practice of walking up Mount Nebo. I wanted to just do it day after I day. I saw you day. running up Mount Nebo. Well, let's not say running. I was definitely crawling. <laughs> <laughs> that is a, a stiff run. Well, I was doing. Hill. I was doing it like um, six six or eight months straight. Just just every day going and and, and forcing myself to do that. And um, no music, just walking, Nature. walking with yeah, walking with God, walking and hearing the silence, hear the wind through the trees, hear the the the, the birds, and um, there's so much I learned just going up there in silence. And I would encourage everybody. I mean, as much as I love music, um, but music doesn't mean what it used to because it's so readily available now. Because it's at it's yeah, it's like fingers. you can't get away from it. So if I want to hear the Bengals Manic Monday right now, all I have to do is say it, and it will pop up on my phone. You know, this is a, uh, that's why I think vinyl's resurgence. Is, it's like, hey, we're going to listen to this. We're going to take this vinyl, this 180-gram vinyl, and put it on the record player and spin it. It's like, uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I consider myself a bit of a collector. Yeah. And the digital music's kind of taken all the fun out of the oh, collecting. Man. Yeah, like, I used to have all this quote-unquote rare stuff, right? Like stuff that, you know, you can only get from England, UK import, that kind of stuff. And you you were like held it up and like, yeah, man, I got the CD. And all your friends were like, oh, whoa, man, could you burn me a copy of that or whatever. And now it's like I can Google it <laughs> and it will pop right up. Yeah, I mean, what's well, so just... What's rare? <laughs> How far we've gone from like Napster to like, hey bro, let me burn you a CD, right? To now, it's a, what's a CD, right? I mean, that's uh, people. I feel like uh, these high school kids and stuff of, of our. It's a coaster. Uh, that's all it is. Yeah, yeah, it's a coaster. Um, so, thinking about this from a business standpoint, you know, because we've talked about royalties being ridiculous on streaming. Um, I think the av- it I think like it's like that everywhere. Th- it, it is. It's like that all over the world, and less disheartening. Less in other places. Well, I think what it is is 
the model has has changed now. Now we're, it's no longer making money per se off of the plays, whereas it was. You know, it still works for the Taylor Swifts and it still works for the Bruno Mars, and but um, that echelon of of people are that goes into the point zero 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 one percent of people who play music and the rest of everybody else has to get fed, has to put food on the table. So I've, I've found that, um, that it's not about monetizing the music like that anymore. It's about, of course, it's always been about playing shows. It's always been about staying on the road. Um, but I, I've, well, I'll tell you what I'm doing right now with Kickstarter. I've, I've done a pre-order for my new album. It's called the folkster. And, um, it's a just, just different tiered rewards. Have you, you you know what Kickstarter is? Yeah, roughly. Yes. Well, it's, go it's, ahead and... the idea of it is that uh, it uh, allows you, and there's a few places like Indiegogo and and PledgeMusic.com that will do the same thing. I chose Kickstarter because I was a little more familiar with the, the way it's, it it formats because I've backed projects before. Um, the idea is you set a goal for what you need. You explain to people what it is and and how much you need and what you're going to use the money for, and then you. Um, basically put rewards and say, okay, for $25, you can get a download and a T-shirt, or you can get a CD and a something or another. That's a good, yeah, that's a good idea. Well, it's, it's so far, what's crazy, I've had this for two weeks, and I put it out there, and I put a, I did the math, and the math was, okay, if I'm going to do this album, do it well, it's going to be $10,000. And if I were to do that in, in old days, then I would probably cut corners and try to, you know, and then max out a credit card, and then put out an album, have a CD release show and try really hard to sell these albums and then pay off my credit card. That's the old days. Um, but I'm anti credit card. So, <laughs> so now what, have, what we've done this is we've said, okay, we have 28 days from February one to February 28. And if people want it, it's $10,000. And if they don't want it, then okay, then I won't make the album that I want to make. I'll just make it for however many people want to hear it. You know, these pre-orders will tell me how many so far, dude, we've, We've still been over five thousand dollars in wow. pre, in pre-orders. It, it it blows my mind. I had no idea. I honestly thought, okay, this is going to fail. Because Are you <laughs> able to see where your demographics at? Yeah, yeah. yeah is it, it mainly here in the River Valley, Arkansas? No, it's uh, it's crazy, man. Like on Spotify, it'll tell you like, oh, someone in Paris, uh, France is listening. So I've, for for the longest time, Paris, France was the number one place that people were listening to my music. So uh, Colombia, Argentina. You know, that's the beautiful thing about the internet, though. I mean, I know. people can just listen. It doesn't matter where they are. They're still hearing the same music. So distribution's not the problem anymore. The problem now is, is uh, obscurity. Because I don't know if you've heard this, but for every 60 seconds that goes by, 10 hours of new music is being uploaded oh, wow. to the internet. That's over 300,000 songs a day. Well, you know, I, I've told several people this. I might have mentioned on the podcast. This, this is our, like, 21st episode total. So, um, 21. Yeah, there you go. Um, and it, uh, man, I don't know. It just seems like such a, there's a lot of, you think this is going to reform and get better? Is this the beginning? Is this like the Wild West of the digital side? Huh. Or, I mean, because uh, it just seems like audio uploads, uh, for the podcast I got into this, there's no audio version of YouTube out there. I mean, there there is, and maybe SoundCloud would would be awesome for you, but you couldn't upload all your albums on SoundCloud without paying. Um, I would have to pay that have the to have them on there, right? Yeah. Well, so you can. They here's what they give you. Yeah. Three hours a month. 
three hours a month. And a lot of your audio sites are like that. YouTube, I get unlimited hours of uploads. I've done a three-hour podcast. Mm -hmm. um, And I can just throw that up. It uploads it. We're good. Audio, uh, I posted on this place called Podbean. But I was looking at SoundCloud, and I looked at at least 10 other providers, different ones, and they were all, you know, ended up having to pay like 108 bucks or something, which was super low dough. But it's it's odd to me that there's not become an audio sort of version of YouTube out there that works more off of. I mean, I guess there. No, no, I, I'm I'm hear what you're saying. I'm thinking that uh, the the thing is that uh, visually, it's so powerful. I mean, even even we're recording this, you know, for for visual too. People like to see people. I know. You know, they like to be a part of that. I'm not saying it wouldn't work. I'm not saying, you know, that maybe you're onto something, maybe just, just audio. I'm more, and I think we might be in a transitional spot on that. Cause everybody I talk to says they watch more of whatever on YouTube than anything else. Right. And I think that we're, we're going into that era, but the, all the blogs and stats I read say that there, you get three times more audio listens on podcasting. I don't know about yeah. music, but it, it's, well, it's th- fascinating to I me. I think that, again, this kind of goes along with the obscurity knocking on the door, is that people, um, they tend to look at uh, a video and, and hear the music via a visual. And, and that's kind of one of the only... I, I say this because how... The question for artists now is not um, how can I make something great because with, with our Macs and with our uh, ability to record, you know, it's, I mean, this is a this professional sound recording right here, you know, it's it's not going to be nearly as difficult to record, but it's going to be incredibly hard to get people's attention because we're scrollers. Now we just scroll up, scroll up, scroll up. We'll hear five seconds, three seconds, ten seconds or something, maybe, and that's all that's all our brains can handle. Um, and I mean, what do you, what do you do with that? People are constantly. Do you, do you write around that? I mean, do you try and come up with something crafty in that first few seconds of your song? I should. <laughs> I mean, but how? That just uh, seems. Then it seems forced, right? I, it, it does. And I just, for me, I think um, it's more about connecting with people. I think that's it. You, you, you just have to find your tribe. You know, there's people out there that, and you found it. You know, like with with Forza, you know, you found people that that's your tribe. And I think the same thing is true with uh, with me with some guy named Rob. I found. Uh, people over the last 20 years that they don't just connect to the music, they connect to me. And the more that you sow into them, the more they're willing to sow into you. And that's what the, the Kickstarter thing has really surprised me because I think there's something inside every artist that says, I'm not worthy, I'm not good enough, I'm not da 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 da. You know, it, it, it's, it's somewhere between hugely inflated ego and just no one likes me no one's gonna even you know and, and a lot of kickstarter things fail you know you'll get to the thing you're like okay that thing had 12 percent funded and it was it was over with so it, it's it's a uh, it's a daunting and it was really hard for me to push the button on ten thousand dollars because i thought it's you know it's insane yeah, it's, it's stepping out on line a little bit it, it, for me it is it's especially just because i i didn't feel comfortable um doing that but someone's like you know you could set a goal for a thousand bucks, but that's not going to help you. You're not going to reach. You know, you're not be able to make an album on a thousand bucks, or you're not going to make a good album. Do you, Do you have your own recording studio? I record from home, but uh, mostly just demos, mostly just to, to pass it out to the band and say, um, I, and, I, and I, you know, what I've always said is it's it's the people who turn the knobs that really deserve the money because I can record it, but I can't mix it, I can't master it, I can't make it sound professional. Um, those people are worth their weight in gold. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, seeing some of the mixing boards I've seen, just at, like even the ones yeah. at like the high school theaters, I know. man. Yeah, and Mike, uh, <laughs> uh, Dr. Dre has this same one. Mm -hmm. You know, it's uh, or just like for example, I was I was watching Dr. Dre like mix recently. Yeah. So this, uh, you know, I'm uh, watching. I think it was on that. Um, HBO put out the Defiant ones. I don't know if you yeah. saw that. Super Actually, I've great. got that set ready to watch. So, oh, it's so good. I watched it like two or three times. Yeah, yeah. Because um, it starts off telling the story of Jimmy Iovine um, yeah. with Tom Petty, right? And uh, and he's dating Stevie Nicks at the time. Yeah, that's cool. So, um, yeah, rest in peace, Tom Petty. Oh man, that's super unfortunate. That man. was. Did you hear? It wasn't just a heart attack. It was a concoction of medical yeah. uh, prescribed drugs that. Yeah, man, I, I hate that. I had yeah. a guy I know in the jiu-jitsu community, his little brother, and had all these back issues. Same thing happened to him, more or less, uh, wow. in his sleep. And this guy was like 20-something years old. Oh, all man. the, you know, before he had, like, he broke his back somehow. Before that happened, he had uh -huh. all the all the potential in the world to be. I mean, his brother is coaches all these UFC fighters and, uh, one, like, the youngest jiu-jitsu black belt in the United States. Wow. and. The only um, person to ever wrestle in the NCAA that didn't wrestle in, in high school. Wow. So, uh, but just an amazing guy. Um, and his, uh, his Ricky Lando is this guy's name. And his mm. brother passed away uh, due to some, it, man, it's, it's part of, I mean, I, in a big way, I think it's part of the opioid crisis. I mean, it's kind there, of a hot uh, yeah. topic in the media right now. And uh, someone told me, um, someone uh, with the police department, they, they said, uh, we were talking about drugs and I would assume that people when they're talking about drugs and we have a drug problem they're talking about meth and they're like it's opiates it, opiates have uh, have overtaken the, the meth problem that we've had in this community and it's it's daunting I've uh, I talked about this on a like two or three podcasts ago about knowing someone that had that issue and it's it's wild because people that are on these opiates like we could be having a conversation right here and there'd be a lull in it and they like essentially go to sleep and just like one of my shows. It, I mean, <laughs> but it's, I guess they're, tr I no, guess no, they're no. tripping it in their head, you right. know? Yeah. And I, I did a lot of research on it. I watched some documentaries. Uh, one I always tell people about is uh, a 30 for 30 called Unguarded about this NBA player who can't play at, at a Boston Celtics game until he meets his oxy dealer on the, on the corner and then oh goes and goodness. throws up like 28 points. Whoa. You know, and it's like it would have been no points withdrawal. They got to take him to the hospital. He's sweating and can't function. Or I snort this white powder and I go score twenty eight points in an NBA game. That, but that, I mean, that's got to be part of part of it. Like, what if somebody? I mean, and, and not to put you, but if no. somebody was like, "Hey, Rob, you can play the greatest show of your whole life if you just just do that." And I think that people that's that is yeah. the that's what they get addicted to uh, yeah. is. I mean, this guy was saying I couldn't have scored those points. Yeah, I would have been in a state of withdrawal. I would have been worth. That would have been like I would have had the flu on the bench. I, 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 you know, you always think that doesn't happen. You know, that wouldn't happen to X person, to you or to, you know. But I think what happens is people, we we deal with pain, you know, and, and we don't deal with it well, especially in this over-medicated society that well, we live in. Well, that pain might not even be in a, in a physical sense. And, and that's a whole nother level right there. Like if it's, if they're dealing with, uh, you know, a, a mental illness or, or something that has, you know, breached beyond the the physical. Just uh, even regret. Yeah. You know, I know a lot of people are just, they're, uh, I, I'm kind of paraphrasing something somebody said the other day talking about the opiate issues. You're, you're a bad, bad day at work or getting fired or a poor life decision away from maybe, you know, 
going down the wrong path. Yeah. And it could be your brother, your sister, like you said, it could be anybody. Right. I think that uh, what I would encourage people to do, like to, to help that, what, what helped me, um, aside from just be, being out, you know, in, in nature and, and, uh, and, and getting to know, like putting, playing your feet on the ground, you know, just real, real feet, real ground, um, has, uh, is, is music. I mean, if you're going to have a drug, you know, have something that's not going to harm you. I love hearing people that, and I mean, I'm the same way yeah. that talk about music in that same way that yeah. you just like, they, uh, I have a friend like that. And you, if you suggested he do something else on the way to work, we work the same. Yeah, we work at both work at Moralton. If you suggest he do something else on the way to work other than listen to his music, he's like, "No, bro, that's just my time." You know, like <laughs> that's, that's right. when I listen that's to my right. music, and that's very important. Yeah, to me. absolutely. And to hear people that it's like that's a, an instrumental part of their life. I mean, but like on the, I was just lecturing on the Renaissance. Yeah, it's a big, big part on music. Yeah, you know, it's 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 such an inherent part of um, human culture. And that's the irony is that. Uh, while me, there's tons and tons of new music every day, and there's tons of it's, it's oh, the market's oversaturated, but it doesn't make music any less uh, valuable. And just because we stop paying for it, no one has stopped listening to it. You know, yeah. it's still it still needs to be made. It's still because I get to the point and before I started making this album, I was thinking, this is uh, you know why why put anything out in the world. If it's just going to be lost in the white noise of society, up what, in what, the ether. Yeah, what's all I was, the, I was yeah. thinking that about this podcast. Really, I, fe- I felt like I might have got to the game a little late, but and I've been wanting to start it for over a year. Yeah, and um, I just finally was like, "No, I'm doing it." Saved yeah. up about a thousand bucks, got my first initial batch of equipment, yeah. added the third mic, uh, just so I could do a three person podcast because there's like a guy coming through, and I've only yeah. done one with three people, but. Um, it uh, it started small and now I'm I'm moving like I'm trying to get to where I don't have to record on the Mac, getting uh, and then I can take that recorder with me elsewhere. I'm getting a little task cam. Um, yeah. Well, I heard, I heard a lady say one time um, that a uh, that she was praying to God and she's like, should I make another album? She was a musician. She's like, should I even make another album because, you know? And she said this this bird kept coming and sitting by her in the chair that was empty and. Just, you know, just talking, talking, singing, singing. It was pretty, but it was like, okay, I'm praying to God. If you don't mind me, just, <laughs> just step away so I can, you know. It kept coming back. And uh, she suddenly realized, it's like, you know, God gave that little bird a voice. And that's his song. And he's sharing it, you know. And that's just what I'm surprised it, we haven't heard my dog share his song <laughs> at least once. I, I, we had this a, a is the brief song con- of my people. <laughs> A brief conversation before the podcast <laughs> about his uh, about his song. Yeah. So, but yeah, I know exactly what yeah, you're yeah. saying. I mean, everybody uh, to me, it, you have a voice, and who knows? I mean, if you think about when, when entering the digital realm, thousands and thousands of years from now, if the human race is still here, people can still listen to this podcast. You know, they can still hear my music. We might not be appreciated no, in our own time. Maybe, but you know, who, who knows? Though, but a future the, time, the vintage. You guys remember some guy named Rob. <laughs> Yeah, you know, like, I will say this. I mean, I'm sure you have people have their favorite songs of yours, but, like, that, like, for whatever reason, that song that you wrote, Burn Me, Mm -hmm. is, like, that's burned into my brain. I played that last night, yeah. Yeah, I love that song. And, actually, any time I've ever seen you play, I requested it. Yeah. So, uh, just, it's catchy, man. I really enjoy it. And there's other songs I like, too. No, no, no. I I love to hear. um, I ran to a guy the other day um, who... uh, 
he's like, you look familiar. Do I know you? I'm like, my, my name's Rob. And he's like, oh, some guy named Rob. And he's like, Lord, it feels like I'm running out of time. It's one of my favorite songs of all time, man. I was playing it just this morning. I was all like, because, you know, again, as an artist, there's an insecure part of you. It's like, nobody ever listened to my music. And, yeah. you know, but, uh, but when you hear things like that, it, people are, it, something I released 20 years ago or ish, it, people still. Yeah, I mean, today. I'm talking this, the story I brought up at the first of the podcast, it's got to be like 13, 14 years ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah, man. That was Joe, not Joe Kojawa. It was, yeah, that was. Yeah, yeah. There's been another. Yeah, yeah been that a... was the first, uh, first inception of it. But, uh, two, I remember one night you were playing a show out there and like, I want to say like my high school girlfriend and I had broke up or something. Mm. I was super depressed looking probably. And you're like, hey, man, you're doing all right. And I was like, yeah, you know, having a little bit of a hard time. I'll get over it or whatever. And you're like, man hang in there dude i'm praying for you and i was just like dude thanks like that made a difference man like this little things like that you're talking about kind of like rapport with with people and fans and and stuff earlier yeah. and um i've always remembered that i don't know why just because i mean i've only had a few interactions with you we had that at the tv station that one morning i've seen you around I've, we live in the same area yeah. I, I, f I follow you on facebook right, but right. uh all the interactions i have uh, would be why i'd be like man i Frog will come on the podcast because it's all they've always been honored. favorable and and uh, yeah, yeah, honored to man. It's uh, it, it is strange. I, I, I wish that people maybe understood how impactful little things are, you know, just just like that. And and I think sometimes if people knew that, if people just knew, uh, hey, I'm gonna just put my hand on this guy's shoulder and be like, hey, it's gonna be all right. It's gonna be, um, and I'm sure you've done that to a hundred. Yeah, a hundred. It's part kids, of. It seems right? like it's part of the job. Yeah, and I give back pats. That's a right. Lot. That's right. And uh, you know, what, twenty years from now, they're going to be like, "Hey, man, I, you really helped me out through a hard time." It's just we we pay that forward. And I, I think in the uh, digital age, that you know, we're we're all social medias, and we're all just kind of that's how we interact. It's more important now than ever to reach out and be like, "Hey, are you really okay? You know, are you?" I think it's really all right. Is there something I can help with? You know? Yeah, I know it's, it's wild how you'll, I, I know there's some daunting stats out there on suicide, whether you're talking about certain demographics or whatnot, but more and more I'm seeing people on my Facebook page that their son, daughter, friend, relative, you know, chose to, chose to take a different way out. To, yeah. You know, and it's painful because it seems like, it's affecting younger and younger. And I, I know social media has a, a part to do that. And, um, and it's just, yeah. And, and my kids are f about to be 14 and 12 and they, uh, they don't have social media. And in my opinion, they don't need social media. They need to be social. Is, is that a point of conflict with them? It, it, no, in they any don't care. Reason? They really don't. I've, I mean, That's I just good. raised them like that. Um, and every once in a while, I think my, my son's like, you know, a couple of my friends are, are on you know Instagram and da da da. I'm like good. <laughs> That's good. I'm glad they are. Good for them, <laughs> little Johnny. Yeah, but I mean, I've I've raised my kids. One of the things I did when my kids were young is I would, um, if something, if they had something, they pick something up from the floor, then I would say, you know, let me see that, and I just hold my hand out, and they would at first reluctantly put it in my hand, and I would take a look at it, and if it was fine, if it was just something, you know, that that maybe not it wasn't theirs but they could still play with it, it wasn't going to hurt anything then i'd hand it back to them and if it was something that could hurt them i'd say well this is going to hurt you so i'm i'm going to take it and put it away 
And so what I found is that kind of open rapport has stayed this way. And sometimes, you know, like they'll just bring me stuff, you know, like dad, well, I, someone texted me this and then I'm like, okay, well, you know, let's, let's talk about it. So this, I don't know how my kids are going to turn out, but right now, yeah, I don't either. I love uh, but yeah, you know, Corey and I are talking uh, more and more about having uh, kids. Not not anytime soon. She's still she's got a fight coming up. She's still yeah, competing. Right. Uh, that's what she's wanting to do right now. She's fierce. Yeah, she's scary. She <laughs> runs a, she runs a tight ship too, man. I'm telling you, like she yeah, it started off and I was running this sort of just half ass like <laughs> business. Right. I had I had students and we were doing cool stuff and but like right. weren't paying taxes or but anything. Comes you know? cracking the whip. Oh, she does. And like I'll be walking in like two minutes before my class starts. She's <laughs> yeah. you know, well the only thing that could mess that up is kids because that will totally wreck your schedule <laughs> yeah well man i know like today i was i was like i didn't have your cell number and i was like man i bet he's sitting in my house where there's no signal and it's not seeing it's these cool, facebook messages cool. i was so happy because yeah, i was running out of the ordinary um i'm usually i was like well man i get done with my class at 9 15 it's 20 minutes home <laughs> And then uh, that kid that I yeah. was telling you about, did, he was supposed to do his makeup test today and didn't show up. And uh, I was just like, dum, dum, dum. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I hate that. Uh, I've only got one C in the class right now. We've had our first test. So, like, I feel good about that. But that is good. I feel like I failed him. You know, you can only do what you can do. Exactly. I mean, it's not my fault. No. I, like, I was... Um, Personal responsibility. I was grading, and I was just like, how did, how did some of these people miss these? <laughs> Because I actually read the exact <laughs> test the day before we took it, question for question, told them what the – I felt like I was uh, – when we go get our boxing coaches certifications, yeah. it's like, this is the question. The answer is C. The answer to number one is C. Does anybody, they don't even read the choices. Right. Does anybody know oh, what man. the answer to this question is? C is the answer. Does anybody know? C. Yeah. So next time, <laughs> next time you wonder why amateur boxing is the way it is, it's because all the coaches get together and don't 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 learn anything. They just we show up in a room once a year and do that. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. A, a friend of mine often jokes. He's like, boxing. The reason it's the way it is is because you have a billion dollar industry ran by people who get hit in the head too much. <laughs> well, there's you know, a lot of truth to that. The probably. truth hurts. Yeah. <laughs> The truth, yeah, but it sets us free. So, <laughs> indeed, indeed, um, man. I did. Do you know Eli Craner? He was he's a local author. He was just on the podcast. I want to say I know him, but I, 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 I might have seen where if we were mutual friends or not. Yeah. But um, man, he was just on, and he he's he writes about football. Mm-hmm. But he also writes about like CTE and brain damage. Speaking of boxing. Oh, wow. And he like works that into his writings. I was I was mind blown about that. Now, like, do you have any themes that you like to? I mean, that are you feel like are prevalent? I mean, what's your inspiration well, when you like, go to write it, like this new album? Yeah, the new album, The Folkster. Um, what I called it, um, I had so many different names for this because you can have so much fun with the word folk. You know, you can. Folkster's <laughs> a pretty cool word. I mean, I, I'm already already a fan. Yeah, if uh, but so I, I kind of would what do this. Out. I've got two albums in mind. I'm always thinking about the next album, you know, the next batch of songs. So the next batch of songs is going to be this electronica and totally different vibe, just like real pumping and and just interesting something like i've never done before but before i get to that i want to go as organic as earthy as rootsy just dig into the ground Did you do very much full band with this yeah this is actually going to be a full band i've got to see i've got a drummer i have a percussionist i have a bass player celloist i have two three four background singers 
It's um, it's nice. it's gonna sound really. It's it's gonna sound unlike anything I've done before, but it's gonna. My idea is that I'm gonna try to shoot for a folk album, but it's gonna be like some guy named Rob trips over folk in the middle of the dark and ends up being whatever album comes out. You know that kind of thing. I can so, get behind that. Right on. <laughs> like like I said earlier, I, I don't feel like um, I feel like you have a pretty genuine sound and. The thematic elements within your music that yeah. are that aren't forced, like I said well, earlier. Yeah, you know? I mean, love is always. I mean, you know, love is like that's it. You know, like in the end, there's what do you do? That love is the answer. Love is all you need. Da, da, da. But I think uh, that's always prevalent in my writings. Uh, well, I did I did tackle there's some um, how would you say it? some political stuff. You know, it's because folk is known for its activism. Folk is known yeah. for you know it's um, and I feel like there is. What's interesting about the kids coming up now, the millennials and the the Gen Zs, you know, they they are more aware of political stuff than than I ever was as as a young adult. You know, when I was eighteen, I think I was like, oh no, I could be registered for the draft. And that was that was what came to mind. Not not uh, who am I going to vote for? But I think there's there's a, a resurgence of of maybe a pride that you can take ownership of the government that, you know, and, and put people in office that you want to. And Yeah. I, th- I felt that way. Um, like when Obama was elected, uh, the first election, I was just getting to college and I felt like that was a major theme yeah. of that particular election. And since too, it's yeah. like, I don't think they're, they've closed the box on it. Uh, yeah. And as we, uh, at that time too, uh, also Facebook had just come out. Right. So you get you were living in that social media age, and that's like any time I do anything new with my brand or whatever, I'm always where am I going to put this? I'm going to put this on on this website, and then I'll build a website for this, and this is the branding and marketing side yeah. of it. And what's uh, do you have a website? Yeah, I do. It's uh, S G N R O B B, like some guy named R O B B dot com. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, you so you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so real quick, what's the what's the story on the name? Some guy named Rob. Oh, okay. Well. Um, it was 20 years ago, man. <laughs> I was a wee lad. I was in the, in the Irish pub. I remember Celts and, and Altus? Yeah, yeah I've, I've actually played at Celts the, before, a couple go. of times. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Celts, you know, it was this little Irish pub in the middle of, uh, or Scottish Irish, you know, just pub in the middle the of. Best uh, steak. And Alt- oh, my those goodness. Sauces. Those Those Bernays sauce, I can't even talk about. They actually moved. They're in Fort Smith now. I, okay, yeah I, heard, yeah. I heard something about that. They are. I haven't, I've I've gone to see them and just visit them and say hi, but I haven't actually had a chance to eat in Fort Smith yet. But I'm, I'm sure it's it's Kells. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, yeah, I I was playing there and there was a bartender who was. He's, I think he started drinking a little early that day, and he uh, some the phone rang and they're like, "Who's playing tonight?" I could hear. I was close enough. I'm probably this far away, and uh, I heard who's playing tonight. And he looked at me and kind of tilted his head sideways, like some guy named Rob. I thought, man, I like that. <laughs> it's catchy. It's I've funny. always remembered it. It's for, funny, you yeah. know. I mean, it's one of those things where I still get people who uh, calling me up and being like, um, "I got into a fist fight about your name <laughs> because <laughs> because uh, someone kept asking who was playing." I'm like, "Some guy named Rob." Like, what's his name? Some guy named Rob. You know. So um, it's catchy. I mean, uh, that's I, I almost. Well, we talked about Todd Snyder earlier, right? It, I feel like a lot of artists. He, he will just go, oh, I'm Rob McCormick. Right. And, and it, so it kind of gives you, uh, I don't know, it just gives you a little element no, I, of surprise. I, and I love my last name. I'm not ashamed of it anyway. You know, yeah. McCormick, it's associated with spices and like beer or something. You know, it's, it's, there's, no, there's no shame in in, uh, in that name. I just, uh, 
I just it's just for the same thing. I, I honestly think you might forget a Rob McCormick. It might get tossed in with a Todd Snyder and Ian Moore and those guys. But um, some guy named Rob. Well, that's just interesting. It sticks. Yeah, it's interesting. So it did stick. It stuck for twenty years now. Yeah, yeah. That's um, it's so an iconic name. It's so funny because I, I don't want it to end up on my grave. <laughs> <laughs> you know, AKA, I, I don't have anything to do with my grave once I'm gone. So yeah. I imagine someone's going to spray paint. Yeah. Crazed fan. Excellent. I've had some crazed fans over the years, but really, yeah. Any, I, any, uh, crazy stories, you want some to stalkers and some stuff. I could, I mean, there's some stuff I, I can't tell you because I'm, you know, yeah, just got to keep it PG. But, but, you know, people have put strange things in the tip jar. They've come by, they've like found out where I live, followed me home kind of thing. And this was before I was married, thankfully. Uh, but uh, that kind of stuff, Weird. you don't think about it, you know, because but people are looking to connect, and then when they do connect, they really connect, and they want to they want to keep that up. But thankfully, nothing ever violent, and I was able to just. I think about that with the podcast too. I'm yeah. always like, should I say that? I mean, because I just like a lot of times I'll refer to people, hey, my friend Cor- or my wife Cora, my friend. Right. But you know, uh, just recently we got. Um, fished on the phone uh there's this lady that kept calling and she would say hello my name is paula i train at gracie baja florida i have a brown belt do you have women's classes and cora my lovely wife would say yes (laughs) record where are you located well we're in russellville arkansas because they're acting like they're recorded Right. What's your address? I want to come by and check out your facility. Well, we're located at da 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 da. Uh-huh. Record. Right. So what they do is they get you your voice signature right. on all of these yes or no questions. Right. You saying yes, you saying no, you saying right. your address, you saying your business name, you saying your name, and they record it and edit it all in. To, it's like Kevin McAllister in right. Home Alone too. Credit right. card. You got it. <laughs> you know. I mean, it's that. <laughs> so they'd use that to steal our business credit card three yeah. times. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh my goodness. So I'm like, is somebody gonna like splice up my audio from a right, podcast right, right, and steal right. my identity? That would be horrible. <laughs> my name is Brian. <laughs> like somebody does that with one of your songs. It's like oh, <laughs> it cuts the music out. You know, and what's so crazy is that you could as much as many interviews, as many things I've done, as many because uh, I've I've even shot a podcast every once in a while. Um, whenever. With musicians, I would just you know do that. Uh, with as much as my voice has been recorded, you could probably make my voice say anything. I've seen and heard about some technology where you can, and it's still super rudimentary, but yeah. like on a talking heads type situation, a CNN interview or something, mm-hmm. say you got Obama on there, right? And they can superimpose right like a different mouth over his mouth right. and kind of change. So yeah. Yeah, and that's like that's the rudimentary version of it, right? And you know that it's only going to get more, you know, if, um, <laughs> more, more, uh, yes, better as it goes. Do you think you're going to get driven out by robot musicians? <laughs> um, I I laugh, but maybe I shouldn't. Uh, there are robots that are making music, yeah, already. And yeah. well, you were just t- uh, talking about making more of an electronic album, right. like what uh, what. Uh, what kind of idea? I mean, without giving away too much, no, I no, know that's that we're, yeah, we're yeah. talking about this album. But Jack White just came out with some super really? sort of synthetic really? stuff, like that's a couple really... of new releases. And um, I, I'm, I've, I'm a child of the '80s, so you know, I grew up listening to that the synth pop and the you know the pump, between some synth pop pump and the Eurythmics. The uh, it's on the playlist. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just just everything. Yeah, 
And uh, so there's a part of me that's really drawn to that, and I, I just want to explore that. I, and the songs I've got, they didn't fit on a folk album, you know, the ones that I've, and, and these, I've, I've been writing and writing and writing, I've probably written over a thousand songs, you know, but I've only released maybe however many albums, maybe 80 songs so far. And so to to have this, I've plucked these out, and like, this is folk, I know it's folk, and it needs to be delivered like folk so people can have it. Then this is electronic, it's more. And so, yeah, to to explore that and to, um, I mean, as an artist, you just want to keep it fresh too, you know. I don't want to put out the same album. Not put out, you know, everything is nothing or, or, uh, oh, that reminds me. Before I forget, Up Seems So Down, that album that I put out has uh, a song about politics. It's disguised as a love song, but it's called How Was It for How Was It for Me. And uh, if you get a chance to listen to that, that was, yeah, no, I'll check it out. Yeah, it's it's because right, fortunately you're easily accessible on Spotify. That's right, and for. Point zero zero three cents. I will. Yeah. Now I submitted the podcast to Spotify, uh, but I haven't heard anything back. Okay. They just started doing podcasts. I thought in the they last did. Yeah. Year or two. Or so. Yeah. So. Well, keep knocking. Yeah, I will. I will. Hey, if it's any consolation, I've been rejected by Pandora twice now. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I guess they're probably a little I don't, different. I don't, I don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like that, but I, uh, but you know, it's you kind of have to celebrate the the ups and downs. Well, I'm super impressed. Like you've been on Spotify for what three or four years? Yeah, now? and iTunes, Apple Music, and See, that's, Amazon, all that. Those kind of places stuff. are easier to integrate with. Yeah, as absolutely. a matter of fact, I submitted to Spotify, I think through iTunes, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Well, that's good. Or it might have been Podbean, but like a lot of places, you kind of. You get you get on their form of media. Right. You can kind of network with others, kind of get your foot in the door, so to speak. And then that's what it's about. Again, making those connections with people that can help you to that next level. You know, because so much of it is not. We just have to admit the the market's flooded. The podcast market, the bloggers, the bloggers are like, yeah. If I'm we, not even doing a blog anymore. Are you not? Yeah, I was. I, you know, I was because torn this is up this is it. actually better though. I'm doing a vlog. That's yeah. I just did away with my blog yeah. for the uh, the business. I uh, archived it, and I'm going to be doing it. I made uh, Nick Oots made me a custom template yeah. for the podcast for thumbnails. Yeah, um, he made me one for the vlog, so right. I'm going to be doing both. That's good. So. Well, and I think that kind of goes back to what we're talking about. You know, musicians put out videos because videos will get more people to watch, and if they watch, then they're listening. Do you have a YouTube channel? I do. Yeah, it's um, it's under. I think it's either SG and Rob or some guy named Rob. So yeah, that is. Um, I took a class in July on sort of uh, branding through YouTube and the monetization yeah. of YouTube. Yeah. And uh, it's it's something I'm fascinated by because I mean it, I'm not really necessarily trying to. I mean, it'd be nice to make my sure. fifteen hundred bucks or whatever I spent on this uh, equipment right. and hear back. But um, it's interesting to see how there is a little bit of an uh, you know hey you get four thousand uh, four thousand hours of listening. So somebody listens to four thousand, which is nice on podcasts. They're all an hour, two right. hours. Like we've been going about an hour right now. Yeah. And uh, then it's ten thousand channel views. And it's uh, 1,000 subscribers. And then they start pumping ads in front of your stuff. Right. Right? But so th I think why the digital side might be a little different is because I know that, like, we did have Pandora for a while, but I just like the way Spotify works better for, for, for our business and yeah. for my personal. User-friendly. I mean, really user-friendly. Really. It is. And it integrates. We uh, we have a little uh, wireless speakers uh, set up at the gym called uh, Sonos. Mm -hmm. And the way that that app integrates with Spotify is yeah. just turnkey oh the same thing and i can cast a spotify to my tv or i can cast it to you know yeah i yeah. like that a lot but uh, the digital side just seems to be um 
it just seems to be a different sort of a setup for the audio versus the video for your YouTubes versus right. your Pandoras. And well, I've got a friend, Angela Anderson. If you guys are listening, check out Angela Anderson's fine art. And she, a uh, local girl, you know, she uh, is a painter and uh, she does other mediums, but paint is usually what she goes with. She has over 100,000 subscribers on YouTube. Wow. Yeah. Would she yeah. do how-to videos? Uh, yeah, it's just started. We started just kind of showing, and the next thing you know, she she listened to her audience, and that's the most important thing you can do. Listen to your audience. What are people saying? Do they like this? We'll do more of that then. And so that's what she was doing. She just listened, and she started doing, it. and then she caught that wave of like Facebook Live videos, and then this videos, and then I that, and, and suddenly, so now she's over a hundred thousand subscribers. She's got an audience, and. Um, and what's great about it is, um, I think she's, she's going to, her husband's going to be able to re- retire, like quit his job uh, in the next three years is the plan. You know, so I mean, I can't remember how much money Joe Rogan makes from podcasting an episode, but it's something super insane, like $100,000. Yeah. An episode. <laughs> he might do, like, I, like last week, I was feeling super like elitist podcaster man because i did three in one day i do like mm-hmm. three one-hour podcasts in one day the three different guests and the, the last one was like my buddy nate and i yeah. were both teaching the next day in little rock and he's like comes through at like 10 o'clock and he's like hey man uh i'm passing through you want to do that podcast i was like <laughs> let's do it so we were podcasting yeah. until like midnight and see that would have been three hundred thousand dollars if <laughs> i know but uh, it was zero dollars, yeah. unfortunately. Well, you know, I mean, and there is, there's just a joy, I think, too, about you know, this conversation. Like I said, it can still be heard a thousand years from now. You know, whether or not it'll be for historical purposes or, or whether or not people just... Well, and I, I had fun doing it. Like, yeah. it, I will uh, I tell the people this. Um, with the, like, so I'm doing some newer stuff right now. Um, I've been out of school for a few years, but I'm, I'm teaching a history class, and I'm doing this podcast. These are my newer things. I just feel like that's brought me down so much in other areas that I might have been a little hyperactive or, yeah. you know, it just it yeah. really toned me down uh, in a while. I don't know. I feel more fulfilled as a person, just like yeah. I'm doing more and I'm doing more things that I enjoy Yeah, and not just all, you know, because I feel like if I was just doing the gym, I would, oh, this part of the gym stresses me out or I would, you know, it just gives me, I don't over-focus on anything. Yeah. You know? That's, hey, man, it's it's therapy. You know, that's what I'm saying. And, and then kind of go back to that conversation about self-medication, you know. What a great way to just cathartically work that crap out. I mean, karate, I mean, you know, martial arts, that's a great way to, to work out your, you Just know. the exercise. Yeah. I tell people that all the time. I mean, I get in it. I mean, it's probably you walking up Nebo, yeah. that, which is an incredible climb. Oh, um, my goodness. Yeah. yeah. Coming down is really hard on the knees. Man, I know. I, I was going to ask you if you were coming down. I, I won't even run, run or walk down. No, no, no. Just um, I – up is up is good down is hard and so yeah the good thing is that you, when you're walking up nebo six times a week you can eat anything you want it's still that is weight. true yeah, somebody like, the other day at the gym was like hey man you know i'm thinking about getting on the keto diet and i was like i can tell you about that you know da, da, da. and they're like do you do it and i was like no i had donuts this morning <laughs> I, no i'm not doing anything Just right move. now I'm, move like, is the I'm working out like three times a day that's right um, but I, I haven't been super strictly dieting. Cora has because she is uh, cutting weight for a fight, and I'm just like, whenever her fights are over, yeah. she cooks like burritos and stuff. That's again. right. So yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, I, one thing I was going to tell you about uh, that's coming up on the album is called uh, "The Sinking of the USS America," and it's uh, it's it's a it's symbolism in, in that uh, I'm talking about a man who he says the first line is, "I was safe on a lifeboat when I jumped back overboard." 
and uh, basically climbs back up on the shift. He goes up to first class, and he looks around, and he sees that nobody gives a crap that the, the ship is, is kind of lilting to the left. Nobody's concerned about that at all because they're first class, you know. And d- girls are still dancing for tips, and the, you know, the band is playing Superstition by little Stevie Wonder, you know. And uh, everybody's happy, and, and then this guy calls out. I'm, you know, I'm, the, I'm the voice of reason. I'm like, hey, guys, the ship's going down. You know, but we could we could still get out if we leave right now. No one looks around. Nobody says anything. So I go down to second class. And second class is, uh, you know, they're they're gathering up all their gadgets. They heard the alarms and they Facebooked and they tweeted and they blabbed it. You know, they, but uh, the, but they're really kind of distracted. Like the whole thing is like, you know, they know what's going on, but well, I got to take care of all my stuff and my things and all that. And so God, the last verse or the the verse, the third verse, it says. Um, I went down to third class, and I found a little girl who was crying. I said, it's going to be okay. Just tell me who your parents are, and we'll find them. And she said, last time I checked, they were up to their necks. Said to go on without them and climb to higher decks. Save yourself, they said. We don't even speak the language. Then they closed and locked the cabin door, saying no one but Jesus could save them. And I tell her the same thing. I told the ones upstairs, like, hey, we're all going down, but we might still make it out if we leave right now. You know, and and uh, so she looked around, and she's the only one that acts. So we take her hand, we go to the top of the boat, we jump into the sea, and we look around just in time to see the big ship headed south. The captain, the crew, the passengers, you know, are are, are all with it. And uh, first of all, I've always been enamored by a sinking ship, anyway, like from Titanic, from yeah. way back in the day. But I, I won't even get on a boat, man. It seems Cora, Cora it seems wants daunting. To go on a cruise, I'm seems like, daunting, oh. right? Yeah, just watch the watch the Poseidon Adventure with her. You know that new version of it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that's what happens. You go on a cruise. Do you want to live? All right, let's stay on land. Uh, but, you know, in the end of it, though, it's, it's basically saying it's not – I don't want to – I wouldn't, you know, leave because I love America and I love the opportunities it's afforded. I love the freedom of the fact that we don't have bombs going off in the street like some places do. Um, you know, we, we don't have a lot of things going on. We have a lot of positives. We have police officers that, for the most part, are really just trying to help. They're just trying to, like, you know – they, uh, they, yeah. uh, some uh, police buddy of mine said that we see people, they see people on the worst day of their lives right. at the worst moment, right. typically. Right. And that's it. And that could be any of us. All any of us could have a really bad day. The, I was on the front page of the paper uh, last Thursday, right? And which is great. I was very, I was honored. But next to me was a guy who had been uh, arrested and said arrested the twelfth or thirteenth consecutive time. And I thought to myself, you know, and I'm, I'm praying, man. I believe in God, you know. And I just thought, the only difference between him and me, you know, are our lives, some life choices. And I easily could have been that guy. Me too, man. You know, I tell people that all the time. I did. I feel like I didn't get any of my stuff together until I was about twenty-three years old. Yeah, which they say that's, that's the theoretically way. is when your prefrontal uh, cortex is finally formed. I'm telling you, man, because I was an idiot up Why until can't about we get 20 that thing th- formed earlier. <laughs> I'm gonna need mine formed earlier, guys. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I made some stupid, stupid I, I decisions, too. regrettable decisions. Yeah, regrettable. you know, and, and that's it. Um, I've been uh, talking and and learning and thinking a lot about regret. Yeah. And how that impacts people and how people live with it and process it. And regret is one of those single most things I see is leads people down. I mean, mm-hmm. like I, I remember doing some things in my earlier 20s and late teens that I regretted. And just like thinking to myself, like, oh, this is 
if I would have known that this would, I would right. not have, that this would have been the outcome, that I would have walked around feeling this way, right. I would have never made those decisions, whatever they were. You know? And I think that if you don't deal with regret, it, it becomes that, uh, that little piece of decay that starts to rot everything else away. And I think it, for me, it's, you know, it's not religion at all, but it is a relationship. You know, it's, it's Christ for me. It's like, okay, can I be forgiven for the things that I've done? And I hear an answer from God say, yeah. And then I'm like, well, are you sure? Because I've done some, just in my mind anyway, you know, I've done horrible things. Just I was just terrible at relationships, and I was cheating and all that kind of stuff. And, and uh, you know, can, can I be forgiven for that stuff? And then he points to the Bible. It's like this person did the same thing and worse, and I forgave them, and I love them. So, yeah, I can love you too. So to me, you know, that's going to be the answer for people that are dealing with the, the regret is to know that in real life, you have a real God, a real Father that loves you. And um, in a world that's grown up with a bunch of wounds and a bunch of fatherless homes, I think I they need to hear that. Yeah, well, you know, uh, there's a guy that I follow a little bit named Stefan Molyneux. Yeah. Uh, he's on, like, NPR. NPR? Is it NPR? Is that the free? He's out of Canada. He's on the free. They have lots of podcasts and stuff. I don't know if it's NPR, but yeah. I, I can't remember. I feel like uh, it's some sort of little abbreviated uh, term like that but he talks about how when kids grow up without without a dad in the household yeah uh, how they like lack empathy right and um i could see that and he talks about how if you have like a very strict parent or you have a very uh overbearing mother or a parent that pays no attention to you even though they're there yeah. and how that affects um affects different children growing up and he's always talking like like every every time I have somebody yeah. on the podcast or has kids, I'm always asking them pointed questions or like your parental advice. I'm like, yeah, write it down. Just take, take it, look right. at it, and apply that later. Right? Was this right or was it? <laughs> yeah, um, but uh, but there there is in the psychology behind that. You know, in in, in the, what I've seen is that um, people that have the father wounds uh, they have a hard time with the ideology that there could be a God that loves them. And and the same thing with mothers. If they, if they had a great father, chances are they're going to be able to connect with that idea. And if they had a great mother, they can connect with the Holy Spirit a little bit better. That's what I've seen. So, Yeah, well, I mean, what do, you, what do you tell people that are like that? Just, uh, you know, uh, focus like, more on their faith? Like if, they're, or? if they're wounded? Yeah. Well, admit that there's a wound. And that's number one. But then I think you can just go through life counting all your wounds, you know, licking all your wounds. And if you lick it, you're never going <laughs> to let it heal, you know. I think you just have to let some crap heal. Now, there's sometimes the wound is so deep, uh, just like a, the flesh wound. You know, if a, if a wound is so deep, the problem is still inside. It's causing, you know, it's something festering. So sometimes you got to rip that thing open. You got to let oxygen in, and oxygen's what starts to heal. So you got a hyperbaric wound, for example. You know, that, that you have to let that thing heal from the inside out. It's so deep, and uh, you know, I would say. There's nothing wrong with going to a counselor. Nothing wrong with talking to somebody, a, a trusted friend, somebody who's wiser, older, mentor, maybe somebody who's gone through that stuff. Nothing wrong with that. There's no I think that's super that. important. I've, uh, over the years, and and am constantly trying to surround myself with the right kind of people that I can lean on or yeah. ask advice to. Or Like, there's one uh, particular friend of mine. He's actually one of my coaches in my wedding. And uh, I'm, I, like, periodically I'll call him and be like, man, I'm sorry you always have to help me through my crap, but <laughs> I got this life problem, and here it is, you know, and, uh, and, he's, and, and he's, he's, he's honored, always he's there for me, you know, um, and uh, it's it's been awesome having people like that, uh, and it's whether it's been in, in my academics 
or martial arts or whatever. It's it's I've been very fortunate to have some people that have uh, been super influential steering me in the right direction. Well, so. and I think if a lot of times we just feel alone in our problems. We're like we're the only people who've ever had this problem. Nobody else could even know what we're talking and about. There's a whole community of people with the community. same problem. Yeah, exactly, like. exactly. And and you can pick the problem. I guarantee you, there's people that you know have. Um, so like, so we t- kind of touched on the substance abuse thing and I was, I was debating on whether or not to bring this up on this podcast, but it just seems to be yeah. current events. Um, and no, nor do I want to get into too many, uh, political conversations, <laughs> but man, this mass shooting yesterday, I, I just found out about it. Yeah. I yeah. Didn't... I mean, I was reading it, uh, reading about it before I got to the university, uh, an hour early this morning and I was reading some articles and, uh, in the article, uh, the first thing that popped up when I Googled it was 18 mass shootings in the United States since 2018. Mm. And we're like 40-something days into the right. year. And in uh, some of them, I looked up the actual stats, and some of them are like, you know, drive-by shootings and, you know, three people wounded. Right. Are they it, including Chicago? Because, you know. Yeah, yeah that, I mean, it, well, some of it was that. Yeah. You know, yeah. so they were, uh, so the 18 number seemed to be a little bit of a clickbait. Right, right. But, uh Man, but there's a legitimacy that we have a recurring problem, um, and is that a and, and so it, people seem to say it's a mental health problem, and I don't I don't I don't I don't know I don't know I don't know yeah. answers I don't I know, know causes yeah. and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna join you on the I don't know page I'll say this um, I, I saw this this meme one time that was with um, Anakin. Uh, you know Skywalker. Of course, I'm a Star Wars nerd. So this Hayden is Hayden Christensen version, yeah, or the yeah. one that actually had a mental health problem, <laughs> oh, Little Annie. Oh, that's right. He did, didn't he? Yeah, I, poor I guy. That. But um, no, the you know the, he's holding the lightsaber, and the younglings are there, and oh. and he's just about to kill the younglings, right? And yes. He, and he and the meme says nobody blamed the lightsaber. Ah, oh, that I've seen that meme. That is so. You know, it's one of those things where, to a degree, there is a personal responsibility. You know, for whoever chose to pick up the gun and premeditate these things, um, I don't think that that is a health issue. Now, um, is it systemic of uh, mental health issues? Obviously, obviously. But I think we're all kind of screwed up in some way or another. When there's not like I don't feel like there's a chemical band aid that is like no, that I'm not for for drugs. everybody. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man, I just don't feel like it, it, okay. You're depressed, Rob. Like. Here's the yeah. There you go. No. You can take this pill, and, it's, but I do feel like that pill may work, right? In well, a small percentage of people. Well, and psycho psychopharmacology is is still, in my opinion, in its infancy. You know, I, 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 I We don't know. I've seen I've seen people who have, uh, it's they've had success on it and never had another problem with with psychotropic medicine. I've seen um, people who have had success for a while and then it not work. I've seen people literally go mad because they, it, it just, it, it, messed it was with not it what they needed too it. much. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, for me, when I hear about these gun things, I think, um, I'm not, I'm not against when it comes to, um, people say stricter gun laws. I think I'm not against a person having a mental health checkup. But when I say that, I think does that open a Pandora's box? Doesn't it? Because whenever you start doing that, it's like, what is who's allowed to make these judgments? Eventually, the government is going to come in and make those judgments. I kind of feel that way on. Um, so, like, I, I, I can I have a concealed carry. I probably yeah. won't even get it renewed after my next. Like, I just like, 
I could be, ha- I've had my, my piece on and been walking across the mat at the gym. Somebody like, grabbed my leg. Hey, Brad. And I'm like, dude, dude, I'm wearing sweatpants right now. I'm not wearing my belt or anything. I have a gun. It's like right by your face. And, um, and too, like people that you mess with your buddy and he's right, got it. Right, he's right. like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait, wait, I'm sorry. Wait, guys. I, but so, but I think, I don't even think mandating, uh, it's like, I don't, I don't have time to go to the range. I've been shooting since I was a kid. I'm a poorer right. shot with a handgun than I am with a, with a rifle. And I mean, you're, so we're doing this podcast at my house. It's kind of, it's not off the grid by any sense of the means, but we're peacefully located in this little yeah. ha- holler yeah. as we'd call it. Holler. And, yeah. Uh, but I would, I would want, I have, I have like a, for example, in my bedroom, I have a 22 Magnum with a scope on it. Yeah. Somebody breaks into the house. I can't use that. Right. Like, and so people want AR-15s and stuff to get to get banned or uh, more control over. But I'm like, well, that would be the one gun I would want to clear my house at night. Right. You know, if 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 I hear a loud crash. Right. And I got to get up. It's like um, one of my coaches has an as an AR and it's got a night vision and a flashlight. <laughs> and I mean, he's on the SWAT team and stuff too. But right. it's like, uh, and that's kind of his thing is he's like, man. You don't just turn the lights on when somebody breaks into your house at night. Like, yeah, it's uh, you know, and if you like, a lot of times, like you turn the light on, you can't see into the darkness of the house. Right. You're you're in the lighted room. They can see you perfectly. Right. Right. I, I don't have an answer on any of that, but I, it just, I mean, I've just been thinking about it. I, I I try to stay open to the possibility that I could be wrong when it comes to these are things, you know, I really do. I try to stay up and, and, and try to stay humble and, and think, okay, is, are they, are they making a point or are they pushing an agenda or pushing an, a, a narrative? I, I'm paranoid about that. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think that's one thing that this age, media age of inf- information and misinformation, you know, has kind of garnered all of us. We have to be cautious on what we choose to believe because who knows what source. We're, well, we're I think saying. that's what brings in all the, um, shill conspiracy talk on um well this this shooting didn't like with the vegas shooting yeah and i'm not getting into any of that uh, i i researched it a fair amount and nor do i want to go into any of my opinions uh, that could be its own i want to do a whole series of these history unravels called, where i do the history of conspiracy oh yeah and start talking about these like the jfk assassination just right. different main conspiracy <laughs> but um you know stuff like that uh, like I feel like that mass shooting, I mean, I don't know if you heard about it. I heard about it yesterday, but I immediately just kind of wrote it off. Well, I think that's kind of the norm now, isn't it? I mean, we... And what have... We hear about... How did we get there? Man, I I think there's a desensitization. We're just naturally desensitized. You know, we hear... uh, That's already happened. Yeah, I was like, oh, I've already seen this so many times. It's almost like like the the, the scroll thing, you know? Same thing with the Vegas shooting. Yeah. And I think that's also a reason why people... um, well, that's you know, I, they they see the oh Sandy Hook didn't happen and, and they they just latch onto that right, and then they right. might go down a rabbit hole, and yeah, yeah I've done the same thing, but well, and it doesn't it doesn't own my life when I do it either. Right. I'm always stacking it up against what I know to be true right. historically speaking or otherwise. So. Well, I think that there's there's something inherent about us, especially at this age, that we want to question these things. We want to question what we've been told because we have found out the government has lied to us, you know, and they did do things that were basically illegal and, and certainly uh, unethical 
to their own soldiers, you know, exposing them to, you know, LSD or exposing them to uh, nuclear blast and not really preparing them for it. So, I mean, like, we, I know. we know that these things have happened. And so we have come to suspect that not everything that we're being fed is going to actually be good for us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a, a, I believe it was pre-Kennedy. I think it was during the Eisenhower administration, but uh, I have to tell people about this quite frequently. And it's out there. There's a, a thing called Operation Northwoods. Have you mm-hmm. ever heard about that? I've heard, but I don't remember. What, what is the? So it's basically um, this sort of false flag plan to attack Cuba. And make it look like they like drone airplanes. Uh, huh. We're gonna get um, Cuban uh, Cuban citizen uh, refugees or somebody to attack Guantanamo Bay. I mean, it's all this crazy stuff wow. that that we had planned to do, and and it kind of looked like Bay of Pigs was just a really botched fourth draft version of that. Wow! But it was you know a few years after the Operation Northwoods. I believe it was they went to Eisenhower and pitched it to him, and he was like. You guys are crazy, the CIA. <laughs> right. But um, there's uh, – I was watching. I didn't get into it. James Franco did some show about JFK uh, where he was like I a did, time traveler yeah. or something. I don't, I don't think I saw it. it. I, I've it, seen the advertisements. Yeah, I saw advertisements, and I was like, oh, I want to watch this. And I watched <laughs> like the first episode. But they kind of play on that. There's like a CIA meeting, and they're like, yeah, this Kennedy dude's not going to do what we want, so we got to take it. So, like, people really sink their teeth right. into these conspiracies based off of this other true fact. Like, hey, this oh, is it, very It becomes Bible. a religion for, for some people. I mean, they, they really – it's um, – well, like the flat earth thing going on right big, now. Big time, yeah. Big time. So, I mean, I've got some I mean, smart, intellectual, educated people, friends of mine, and they're like, well, here's, here's why the earth is flat. And so I'm like, I'm going to look into this because I'm like, again, I stay humble. I've looked into it. Stay humble. Maybe I'm wrong because I don't know. I mean, you I'm, know what daunts me about all that? I'm, I'm not saying the earth is flat at all, but man, they, they, those flat earthers do come at it from a totally, they're yeah. like, we're not here to convince you the earth is flat. We're here to convince you it's not round. <laughs> and like they work from that point of right. view. And then I'm like, there's right. no way it's helios. <laughs> you know, it, but it, and it's for real. Though. The issue is, is like, I'm, I'm not a scientist. Right. I I want to have some uh, some physicists and scientists on the podcast to benefit from their knowledge right, without right. having to. I mean, I made an A in college biology, and, right. and I think I made an A in physical science too. But <laughs> man, it's that's not the same, you know. And no. I I am not intelligent enough or understanding enough to w- say things whether or not space travel is possible or landing rockets like right. the Elon Musk thing. I I don't know. It yeah, I have be. to admit though, if if. I mean, again, I have to say if because I don't know. I wasn't there, but it seemed real, and I was really impressed. They brought those rockets back. Wow. I mean, wow. it's like the first one, that's smart. You're not wasting them. They're just falling in the ocean, you know? I know. Yeah, that's, that's just smart. Bring them back and reuse them. Um, but uh, but I, I mean, after looking into it and after talking to some really, really physicists and people that are smarter than me, I came to the conclusion that I'm pretty sure the Earth's round. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm with it too. It's like that. My thing is, is like, well, you haven't you haven't proven right. to me that it's flat. You've right. you've offered some good. Uh, you've poked some good holes right. in like the 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 mast over the hull of a ship sailing away. I mean, you can get a a nice little telescope that didn't exist in the scientific revolution. And be like, oh, well, I can still see the whole ship. Right. Even though you can't see, all you can you, see is the sail. You can't. And there's some uh, there's some uh, really good 
uh, information out there that's just like this is why the earth is not flat. I love I love all the celebrities that think it's flat. I haven't even looked at Shaquille who. O'Neal, bro. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. He's really tall. He should be able to see. You know I know. know. <laughs> <laughs> and like, there's an interview. There's no curve. And he's like, uh, so you mean to tell me, you think I start digging? I'm gonna reach China. <laughs> and and that, that the interview was just like. Technically, uh, if you started digging, he would reach the Indian Ocean. That's on the other side of <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he'd flood this place. So oh, don't, man. don't Shaquille, just don't, just don't do it. I remember I saw him, uh, like him on a late night show one time or something, and he poured like he t- he took his shoe, like his basketball shoe, and poured like two cans of Coke in it or something, and it did it didn't even fill up. Like it was as they were talking about how big his foot That's was. That's insane. Yeah, I mean it is. It, it might have been more than that, but I was just like, man, this dude. That dude is a nephilim. He's like half. Yeah. <laughs> you know, a lot of people don't know what a nephilim uh, means or are, uh, but uh, this is a topic I'm fascinated by too. Oh yeah, honestly, man. Book of Enoch. Yeah. 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 Um, I, like the first, uh, the first book of Ezekiel. It sounds like, it sounds yes. like a spaceship. Yes. You know, it's describing the throne of God. It sounds like a spaceship. I made a joke. Um, I, I know. I'm, I, and, you know, like when I was a little boy, my dad reading to me out of the Bible and stuff, yeah. I, I kind of like, I'm like, oh, well, heaven is, is you know, you, you, it's like going to Never Neverland. Like right, you're, right. You're, you're going past the star, you know, it's like it's like outer space. Yeah. And uh, and then it was like, well, no, you know, let me explain it to you a little differently. And But I, I made a joke about my buddy. He can't, he um uh, he loves ancient aliens. Yeah. And he loves thinking about those things. Oh, my There's goodness. A bit of a I mean, look at the, the pyramids, man. Oh, yeah. I mean. Yeah. Uh, well, see, the, the, I'm fascinated by these ice pyramids they're finding in Antarctica. No, that's interesting. I haven't heard of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just got on my radar a couple of years ago, but they apparently just found another one. Also, um, have you been following how just a few weeks ago they found, or well, they found it a long time ago, but they, I guess they kind of deciphered it. There's like a, there's like a cube of some kind no. that had all of this um, writing on it. It's but a tesseract. But, but, well, they, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's an infinity I know. Well, stone. It, had, um, it had more advanced calculus on it than we know today. That's what I'm talking about. I mean, honestly, and if you look at how big the sea is, I mean, like just how big the ocean is, um, it almost covers entire, entirely one half of our planet. Of course, overall, seventy five percent or seventy percent of our, our planet is is water. If I were going to hide something, I'd put it in the water, yes. <laughs> yes. and I'd cover it up with a lot of sand. And then, you know, I was just thinking, it's it, there's just no telling. Well, yeah, what's Abu Kir Bay uh, off of the like uh, right outside of Cairo is this bay called Abu Kir Bay, and um, it's actually the bay that Napoleon sailed into when he went to Egypt and found the Rosetta Stone. Oh, neat. So uh, I'm also fascinated, too. I've been researching this about how, why we robbed all the obelisks from Egypt and put them all over Europe and even in the United States. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the actual obelisk. Like I saw a video of how they raised one of them up. And I'm like, well, how would you even how'd you raise it up in Egypt thousands yeah, of years ago? Exactly. But, uh, there, well, I, so there's a guy that I've been following named John Anthony West. He actually just passed away like two weeks ago. Oh, wow. But um, he's an Egyptologist, and he talks about his views on Egypt are crazy. Wild. I check John Anthony West. John Anthony West. He's uh, he's been on Joe Rogan twice, um, once within the last year or so. But he, uh, yeah, he just passed away. That's how. Well, you know, I think about 
I've watched a um, documentary, and this guy was talking about the pyramids. He's like, this wasn't built by slaves. He said, whoever told you that? This is this was a labor of love, and it was a labor of architectural genius. Genius. Yeah, and, and it's like, okay. The alignment with... Uh, with yeah, this, yeah, I, like so, the 0.3 de- decimal, like it's per- almost perfectly aligned with the... With yeah. the star or with the something, I forget. It, well, yeah, with that. Uh, I, uh, I guess it's uh, what, uh, the, there's some links there, and I'm still learning all this, like yeah. the procession of the equinox. Yeah. Like the, the wobble of the earth, and that's yeah. like John Anthony West goes all into that. Yeah. And he talks about um, talks about that. Another guy that he um, is along his lines, and like the back to the Abu Bay thing is there's like, there's a, there's sphinxes and things in, in the in the Nile right. that have been underwater for who knows how long. Right. It's like rivers move and change. You right. know, and there's enough stuff on the bottom of the ocean in the med, in in the Nile, elsewhere that um, proves that there's these ancient civilizations we know nothing about. And John Anthony West and Graham Hancock have been these two people that are ousted by like the Egyptology community. And like uh, John Anthony West is one of the guys that's like, hey, this Sphinx, due to the, the I've got my geology buddy with me and he's telling me that due to the erosion here on this sphinx it is thousands of years older than you're telling people it is and they're like oh this guy where are these ancient civilizations where are they right. well, but these guys have done enough research writing and Graham Hancock right. has actually done ocean dives right and um, he's gone on Joe Rogan several times, talked about it, and I'm just I'm fascinated. Well, this by is it. this is why we should remain humble, you know. Like when it comes and all this carbon dating and this had to be this many billion years ago. Well, first of all, we don't know. That's your interpretation. That, and that, that's just it. We don't know, you know. The the theory of evolution and this, it's like you know these these theories are fine to have because it's all speculatory. But when we start treating them like laws, when we start treating them like uh, you know this is the end all fact, and you're a fool. If, okay, same thing with the what's going on in the media arrogance. right now. Exactly. It's like uh, like with the whole uh, and not to get too much into that, we can bring up some controversial talk. Do the it. Whole me I too. Love controversial. Talk. I, I mean, yeah, we like we've hit on we're in the zeitgeist right now. Do it. But um, with the whole Me Too thing, it's like these allegations are being printed as as fact. Mm-hmm. And I tell people, uh, I my my historical area of expertise is in the, what they call U.S. history too. Yeah. So like Reconstruction, post Civil War to now. And man, it's just uh, during that time you had McCarthyism. So it's like, hey, rob your communist, yeah. and you're never going to be able to play music again. Because I go. told everyone that. That's right. You know, and I, I kind of feel like I, I feel like there's going to be some casualties on this this whole movement, which I think I think that there are issues. Well, yeah, uh, there's obviously. I mean, there's and and for, and for that, I'm thankful. I'm thankful that for the victims that truly were victimized. Me too. I'm glad that they have a voice. I'm glad they have a movement. I'm I'm, I'm and I'm behind that. I've always been an Likewise. advocate for uh, you know for women to be able to just to be free to be safe you know i want that i want that for my daughter i want it for my wife you know i want it for not to just be an object yeah absolutely but i am absolutely with you in that this is uh well with social media being what it is now it's it's at its its peak and um, you point the finger and the accusation you know it it's it stains in people's minds you know kevin spacey you know yeah I don't know. I'm sure he'll he'll recover. People tend to forgive their celebrities, you know. They didn't like Louis C.K. Yeah, Louis C.K. And um, man, there's a whole the Harvey Weinstein thing and Harvey Weinstein. Something tells me. 
Steven Seagal. There's too many different people that yeah, accused see, Harvey well, Weinstein. So like, like that, what got me thinking is like somebody came out and they're like Dustin Hoffman, and I was like, No, you can't have Dustin Hoffman. He's the graduate. Yeah, I got the, hook. the Rain Man. Hook. hook. Yes, I can't. Oh. I can't watch Hook without crying. I, man, such a good album. Such a good movie. I know, oh. uh, but but you just, know, um, who, I would hate that if who he was. was it that uh, it was. Oh well, Bill Cosby. Oh yeah. No, so this, first of all, I still have a hard time believing. And now, I'm, I'm not, did did women throw themselves at Bill Cosby? Of course they did, because he's he was he's Bill Cosby. He's hilarious, and he's hilarious, and he's you know rich, funny, successful. But at what level are we talking about? Like, did he do something wrong, or did? They do something wrong, and the, that's to me. I know, yeah. It, it, who's well? That's the issue with like the Hoffman thing and stuff. Is like some of these, like with the Weinstein thing, the Steven Seagal thing. It's like similar accounts and similar stories from multiple people. Right. Uh, but with the, like a like the Dustin Hoffman thing, or maybe even, and I know more stuff's come out about Kevin Spacey, but it's like in 1983 on this one movie. On Tuesday, right? You've said and did these Remember things. Remember when you touched my honey? Yes. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and I will say this: it's yeah. like I didn't really like it, but Cora has a theater degree. She's acted a ton. Uh, you know, Dan Stahl. Uh-huh. I'm trying to have him on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's uh, one of the first people who taught me anything about the guitar. Yeah. So I uh, gave me a few lessons when I was in high school. Yeah. But um, she acted all through high school and college. Mm-hmm. And she was in a Shakespeare play, and we'd been together like three years, and she had to kiss some dude. And I'm just like, hey, you know, it's part of it, whatever. Right. I don't really like it, but no. You know, and then it wasn't like I wasn't jacked up about it. I knew right. it was a real thing, and I could write it off. But um, I feel like some of that goes on at rehearsals and sets a little bit too. And yeah, I mean, of course, when when you, I've worked on a couple of plays before whenever I was younger. And you become a family. I mean, you know, you get to know each other. and you It's a comfort level. Comfortable, exactly. And I think that what do you do with your family? You joke around and you do things like that. And so I think You don't get them to watch you take a shower. <laughs> no. <laughs> was that one of the seems to be That was one of those Weinstein stories I heard of. From I like, want you to watch me take a shower. But, you know, here's another thing, too. The problem, and even Cora says this, and I mean, so people can hate on it if they want, but it's like, I know with him, I feel like the that there's some some wrongdoings there for yeah. sure. Like I'm not a fan. He abused his his, his position, position of power. Yeah. But also it's like Hey Rob, you want to come on a podcast? No, I don't really feel comfortable going over there talking about all that controversial stuff on the air with Right. You. I, I don't want to go to your home to one of your bedrooms and Yeah. Ha- yeah to, and and you, then, you know, yeah. and then you're like, well, you know, I'm gonna go with you anyway, even though I'm not comfortable. Exactly. It what? <sighs> and by the way, I actually said something like this on Facebook. I, I presented that you know that they got stardom out of their relationship with them. You know, so and, and it was uh, ferociously attacked. The people, uh, certain certain people, did not like what I had. What I've, I said. Yeah, I've talked to a fair amount of women, so I've asked a lot of women's yeah. opinion on this, and it, it just with the Ashley Judd situation because yeah. she's been really vocal about it and. You know, I don't, I don't know where I fall on the spectrum. I think that I don't, I would never want Cora to be harassed in that way. I'm sure you say the same thing course, about your wife, your daughter. Um, so, but it's like, I, you know, no one made you go over there. Well, and, that's and, my only problem with. And it. my thought is, and again, maybe we're two men talking about this, so I'm sure a lot of women would just say, "Shut up," right? Yeah. But, but I think that. Um, I, I think that what if something can come out of this, it's really good, really positive. 
I hope that it's that women feel empowered not to wait from 1983 until 2017. I uh, I'd rather say um, this happened. Well, that's two, why there two are statutes ago. of limitations. Well, and this happened two days ago. You know, I mean, I understand if the person needs some time to think about it and say and test it. Like, was this right? Was this wrong? You know, but um, but at the same time, oh my goodness. It, can, it it ruins people, and I, I protect myself. Like when I was teaching guitar, you know, I taught some guitar students and stuff like that. If it was a, uh, a female uh, that was going to be in my you know class, just one on one class, I would leave the door open. I would always make sure there's somebody else inside the music center. And I've thought about that on like having um, female guests on the podcast. Yeah, uh, just in like because I don't have anyone else in the room. And it's like I'm just, just like, well, I'm just gonna make sure Corey's here. Yeah, that way they sure feel Corey's super there. comfortable. Exactly. Um, and I might even have her like, cause I mean, most of the women I'm going to have on, uh, will be people she knows too. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm going to have Josh Wilson's wife on, um, yeah. uh, at some point. And then, uh, a folklorist yeah. that trains at the gym. She's a bo- boxes and stuff, but how many folklorists? Well, do I feel you know? like not many, not, not enough. Yes. I, f- I feel like if we safeguard ourselves, you know, I mean, first of all, the number one thing is just that we're not going to do it. You know, we're, I'm going to respect my marriage and I'm going to respect, that person, I'm going to respect the fact that, you know, I mean, that's, that's just not how, that's not how people do it. We don't, we don't do that. It's not like, I mean, for, um, I guess a cliche way, it's not the measure of my kind of man, right? you know, as somebody that's going to, there's no integrity there. Right. You know, I've been thinking about integrity a lot lately and it's like, never, you know, it's, it's who I am when I'm in this room and there's right. nobody here. But to safeguard ourselves is wisdom too. And uh, to, to say, okay, uh, Corey is going to be here whenever you do those. You know that way, it's going to be everything legitimate. You know, and, and everything's going to be recorded in here, and you got a video, so like everything's legit. I feel the same thing. Um, uh, I've, I've just I guard myself. I guard myself. I, mean, I guard myself whenever I'm out playing. You know, and and one thing is, uh, I want my wife to know that. What I'm doing is a job, and she knows it. She sees know, it. Yeah, you know, she sees it. And for 20 well, years, well, is a little bit the same way about me teaching because yeah. I teach all these college girls right, now. It's right. mostly girls in my class. Yeah, and um, you know, I never would I ever want to do or say or be in a situation which would make her. And and at the same time, there is. I don't feel like there is any jealousy. I feel like that no. doesn't exist. But but it, never it, would I want to be in a situation like I've had. I've had. So you said you had situations come up yeah. playing. I've had situations come up at the gym over yeah. the years where, um, you know, not again, not to yeah. go anything, keep it PG rated. Yeah, yeah. But it's like you know, you get a message from somebody who's a single mom, kids trying there late one night, and. You know, yeah. next thing you know, it's like, uh, Cor, wake up, wake oh, I up. I didn't say anything. Yes. I just, you know, and I've, it's, I've, I've done that. I mean, when I get, you know, when in the past, people, they text things that they shouldn't. You know, it's usually that late night thing, someone's with it. And I just go and I'm like, this is, here you go. How, how should we respond to this? Let's do it together. Because I'm not going to, I'm not even going to. And that's something I've even warned my kids about, you know, because now there's been this thing with at the high school with, you know, pictures being shared and that kind of thing. And um, I'm like, listen, if anybody sends you a picture of themselves, especially like, you know, we're going to take your phone and uh, don't do anything. Don't respond. We're going to take your phone and take it to the police because that's child pornography. If somebody under the age of seven or 18 um, does that, then we're not going to be, you know, <laughs> we're not going to jail yeah. on this, you know, because we're not going to have any, so, we're just like, boom, you know, clear it out. The, here's a crazy story yeah. on the flip side of that. Uh, this guy, uh, this is a real, I want to say it happened in Arkansas. Yeah. Like, I want to say that the, the guy I mentioned earlier, one of my coaches on the SWAT team, was, he told me this story. 
And I want to say he was telling it from firsthand experience or an officer he knew had encountered it. So they, this dad thinks his son is smoking meth in the bathroom. So apparently that's the place to go when you want to smoke some meth <laughs> and you're a teenager. I guess so. Living with your mom and dad. You do it in the bathroom. The Maybe bathroom. there was a window. Yeah. I don't know. But he's like, <laughs> I know this. I know he's smoking meth in there. So, like, I want to say he might even have reached out to the cops. They're like, look, unless you can catch him doing it, we can't really do anything. Right. You know, he's like, so he thinks about it. And then he's like, goes back to him. He's like, look, I caught my son smoking meth. He was in the bathroom smoking meth. I got him on camera. And they're like, you're arrested. Because you can't record your son in the bathroom <laughs> smoking meth. I didn't know that. Yeah, so maybe while he was smoking, he was taking a leak or something right, too. But right. it was the same thing. It was child pornography. So did he? Did how did they? I don't know what the final oh, decision man. was, but I was just yeah. like, he was just like, listen to this crazy story. You know, to total innocence, yeah. really. You know, well, I, I mean, guess the guy was trying to. He was trying to help everybody. I mean, he was trying to help his son. He was trying to let the police know that this is going on. They could. Yeah, there's different ways to handle that, but I wouldn't say. Recording somebody in the bathroom is the right answer. Man, I know, right? <laughs> so that's tough, though. That's and, and yeah. How do you deal with? Some I don't of that know. Stuff? I don't know. Uh, thankfully, I haven't had to mess with any kind of meth in the bathroom <laughs> stuff. That's I know, right? You know, my dad was so cool with me. He's like, "Listen, you know, if you want to drink, come home and drink." You know, and he smoked, and he hated the fact that he smoked. You know, and he's just like, "You know, just don't ever start." You know, so I never started. And uh, with drugs, he was real straightforward. He's like, if I ever catch you doing drugs, I will beat you within an inch of your life. And I believed him. So I just never messed with it. It's like, I still think he'd do it. You know, he's 70-something years old. And I still think if I, I'm like, hey, Dad, I found a drug. <laughs> What'd you say? <laughs> Did you not hear what I said 50 years ago? <laughs> oh, I was only 50, but yeah. yeah. But, you know, I mean, I, I think just talking to your kids about that stuff, that might be <laughs> the first yeah, round. Yeah, you know, opening the lines of yeah, communication, yeah. you know. Um, and then, too, like I've had um, different uh, different people I know that have handled it this way be like, hey, you know, no drugs. If you are going to do drugs, like, and you just decided to go against all my wishes, like, you're not, don't, please don't do them over here out in town with your friends. Like, right. if you want to smoke a joint, We'll see if we can make that happen for you. Here at the house where you're totally safe. You want to experiment. You're 17 years or whatever. Right. You know, and I'm not saying I no, know anybody's no, done understand. that. But I've heard of like parents dealing with it that way versus like the kid turning into some sh you know shady, sneaky, right. going around behind mom's back, coming home with the bloodshot eyes and you know having <laughs> right. to watch. I mean, I've seen that. For you know? using his room. Um, yeah. But, so, yeah, but I think that um, – you know, I was in Colorado. We do it. We try to do a tour out through New Mexico and Colorado and all that. And yeah, I, I'm probably going to go to Colorado in a couple of months. Sweet. So I'm Freeze McGee's Which playing part? at the Red Rocks, uh, Denver. And yeah, Denver, yeah. Morrison, awesome. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, out there, it's legal. It's the strangest thing to walk into uh, what we call a head shop. You know, and they call it a pharmacy or <laughs> a dispensary or whatever. Dispensary, yeah. right? And when the first year that they passed it, we went up there, and there were these. You know, how the Red Cross has the Red Cross. There were these green crosses everywhere, and we're like, "What is that?" I mean, they're everywhere. And then finally, we looked at one of the signs that said "Top Shelf Stuff Sold Here." I'm like, 
that's a dispensary. That's a, and so I, I had to go in because I wanted to see what it was like. And I, when I went out, I was just like, I, I come from Arkansas, and you guys, everybody in here would be arrested right now if you were in Arkansas. Man, we went to one, and they're like, dudes, Rick Rubin just left. And I was like, what? <laughs> Rick Rubin. Yeah, and when Dude, we walked man. in, um, there was there was like a handful of construction workers next door to gas station. We walked in, they were working. We yeah. walked out, they were all smoking a dude. <laughs> it was just like a part of the culture everywhere you turned yeah, around. I, I, there are people who say just legalize everything. You know, not every, I mean, there's some things I think that they don't mean that, but I think that uh, when it comes to drugs, legalize everything, and just and just see what happens. And there's a part of me like the that voyeuristic. Oh, I wonder what would happen if. I know. You know. Would what crime if, go down? Would it would go it? up? Yeah, would it? I mean, it can and, and charge and tax the crap out of it. You know? Yeah, you want meth? You're gonna pay for it. You know? Marlboro Greens. <laughs> Marlboro Greens. It's apparently a concept, man. They're they're trying to figure out how they're gonna do the carcinogen laced pharmaceutical oh, marijuana yeah, cigarettes. Yeah, they have to put like seven thousand chemicals in it first, yeah, so they can get that high. But yeah. Um, so I mean. Uh, w- do you have a stance on recreational, medical, uh, CBD, cannabis, either one? Um, when it comes to recreational, I'm against it personally. Yeah, you know, I, I don't use. That's just not for me. Um, to, I've got to. I've got to maintain focus and clarity. Like in my mind, I need. I need to be because I've got you know thousands of songs that that I need to recall. I've got tons of lyrics. I've got all these things that I have to do. I've got to drive home after a show, and, and I've just to me, it's it's clarity is is the is the most important instrument that I can use in that. So I don't really think it's going to cloud that. Uh, I'm, I'm against ad- ibuprofen and Advil. I mean, I'm against as much as I can when it comes Dude, to that I stuff. Will, I will not take antibiotics if I can avoid it. Exactly. Exactly, because you're tearing up all the good bacteria as well as the bad bacteria. Um, now, if it has to be done, then I'll, I'll do it. You know, like if it has to but people run to the pharmacy and get, you know, a, a Z-Pack every time they got a sniffle, and it's just building up, you know, an yeah, immunity yeah, toward it. Right? exactly. So, um, but no, when it comes to, as a matter of fact, the last time I had to get that, I was down at Gulf Shores, stepped on something in the ocean, and uh, it got affected, and it, I, you know, my wife's a nurse, so, you know, I woke her up, and I'm like, is this look normal? Because it, it, it st- left from my, my pinky toe, and it started crawling up my foot, and I'm just like, I think that maybe I've got a, a blood infection, <laughs> and she's like, that is a blood infection, yes, you need to get you know, and so I went in. They gave me a, a, a steroid. And I can take you out. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it, 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 she, it, the doctor told me she's like the reason it was going up your leg because it was crawling toward your heart. That's you know it was trying to kill you. And um, so that's wild. I, I, that was the last time I did, and that was five. Well, that's first time I had a blood infection. I had to get uh, helicoptered out. Dang. Yeah, I mean that's all I know about blood. Like the they went on a little canoe trip. And like as soon as they put in the buffalo, they're like, "Oh, dude, this dude's dying. Oh we got to get him out now." Yeah. So well, thankfully, it didn't go that fast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we were down there. You know that ship that's down this dock, the Alabama USS Alabama yeah. was down there. So I was so excited about seeing this, and I'm, I'm getting there, and all of a sudden I'm out of breath. And I'm like, "What is wrong with me? This isn't like me at all." I thought maybe I was having some kind of I don't know what it was, you know, because I'd never experienced it before. But um, I just sat down. I drank lots of water. I tried to figure out what was going on, and I just I did not get to enjoy the. I want to go back to the USS Alabama and walk through it you know, like a normal person, because I was so looking forward to seeing what it was like on the inside of the ship. But I was just like, uh, oh, so. I imagine. Anyway, by the time I got back, though, we realized what it was, and and thankfully, uh, that was the last time. But as far as what your your original question was, when it comes to cannabis and that kind of stuff, medicinally, I am one hundred percent for cannabis. Uh, can, candidates I'm, uh, for cannabis and for 
CBD and all these things because I have f- I've seen it work in people. I know it blows my mind. Yes, uh, particularly with the CBD. Yeah, uh, and the oils and uh, yes, I mean like people what you're that have with been the psychoactive side. I, you know, I don't like I don't really have uh, views between the two differentiating, but it seems a lot of people have like uh, well, like my dad for example. He he's would never accept cannabis ever. But he's like, yeah, tell me about the CBD. Right. Because it doesn't have the psychoactive properties. Right. So, and like what you're saying, you're like, well, I, I want to say clear. I actually just ironically, um, for the first time, talked to a, a real-life Scientologist. Really? Yeah. Like, uh, which I've, I've watched a lot of documentaries out there, done right. some research. But never have I known anyone. And like I brought up kind of like, I was like, yeah, I watched Going Clear again the other night. Da, 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 da. And he's just like, oh, yeah, uh, cool. And then I was like, man, I was reading about Aleister Crowley and Led Zeppelin this morning, and L. Ron Hubbard, the founder of Scientology, he studied with Aleister Crowley, and he's like, <laughs> cool. You know, and it was just like... When you trace the roots back, it's, yeah. it's something. It is It is something. Um, it, yeah, <clears throat> I, I tend to not trust religions made in the 1960s, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's the, well, there's, there's a bunch of weird linkages, like I said, between Crowley and right. the occult and right. um, even the Manson murders. Yeah. I mean, it just, it's weird, uh, but yeah, it, it's, uh, and, and too, so like them, them becoming, and I don't know both sides of it, uh, he did give me some resources, like, hey, you know, you saw, you saw the bad side, right? Like, just see what you think about this, and I was like, yeah, I'll do that, just yeah. to not be a biased right, 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 it. and, and hey, I, I love studying religions, man. I do too, you know, yeah. I was super close to getting a minor in world religions. Really? I, yeah. I, minor in philosophy, I've taken a, a lot of a lot of classes done special problems on it and well my philosophy has always been with with religions it's like if it doesn't change you if it doesn't move you to the point where you're like i need to start following a hindu god or if i need to start following you know if it doesn't change you it's only going to make you stronger in what you believe so yeah. why not open yourself up to to understanding how other people view god and view the world yeah you know? yeah and I think, indeed and that's not something that our kansans are renowned for you know we're like in the bible belt and, and it, i know it is what it is and, and there's no questioning you know uh, uh and and that's why these the idea and i think this is maybe an older generation the younger generation is kind of coming to this point where now they're like well you know is it possible that this big bang theory that everyone talks about that no one has any idea how it came that, that this is actually when god opened his mouth and you know this because i do love the scientists that try to explain you know, okay, there's absolutely nothing there, absolutely nothing. And then all this heat and all this pressure, wait, 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 wait. There's no heat and pressure if there's absolutely nothing. Yeah, there's just where nothing. did that come yeah. from? Yeah, so you, nothing comes from nothing, and that's scientific as it comes, you know. Something always comes from something. So, um, you know, when it, when it comes to that, I, I wish our Kansans and, and, and the Bible Belt people would open up their mind to the point that God – is a three-letter word which describes something of infinite possibilities it's a mouth sound. that we can't understand. Yeah. You know, I mean, we can't. I mean, one of my one of my songwriting friends wrote a song. He said, "Eternity to the finite mind, the oceans can't fit in a cup." You know, that's where we are. We can fill this cup with all the knowledge that we can possibly handle, and there's still oceans that yeah. we won't understand. And in those oceans, what exists? Right. What is possible, and that, and we can't even fathom it. That's why I, when I think about heaven, people are like, whenever I was younger, like I don't want to go to heaven because that's just sitting around on a cloud strumming a harp. 
Like, I know, I'm like, I don't even like singing at church. <laughs> like, that's what I, when I was a kid, I'd be like, I don't like the singing part. Like, we just, just sing and clap, and, and it's good for like two songs, and then I'm ready to go eat lunch. But man, you look at the, uh, you look at the galaxy, and then you look at the universe, and you see these renderings, these pictures that we, we see, that this thing is so much bigger than just Earth. And man, just down here in this little valley, yeah. like, uh, out on my deck, I got a nice little wraparound deck, yeah. and um, we don't have a ton of light. I don't have a street light, yeah. and uh, we have a, don't have a lot of light pollution. And I like some nights I'll look catch the stars, uh, and I'm like the oh, Milky Way, man. yeah, yeah, yeah. Man. And when you see it, you're just like to me, what a precursor to what heaven might actually be like is uh, imagine having a perfectly healthy body. Uh, no pain, no pain, and you know, no, no. This, you know, if if we're promised sin and, and sickness and death, are all going to go? That's the suckiest part of life, you know. So, to have a perfect body, and to be perfectly in communion with the one who made you, and to know that you have trillions upon trillions, and that's just the ones we can see, of of of, of things to explore and it's an eternity to explore them. I mean, we could just sit and watch a blade of grass grow. I, okay, I want to see it from 1960 to 1970s. I just want to see how this field changed. I want to see, let's go back and watch the glaciers be made. Cause eternity, I time lapses. Yeah, I mean, eternity is like, it's not just forward, it's forward and backward. And I want to go to, well, show me when I was born. You know, like we could just, it, this whole thing is like beyond our concept of understanding. So there's no, uh, uh, to me, the heaven is limitless because we can't possibly conceive of what it is. Yeah, well, you said the finite mind. That's a, right. a, a phrase that we deal with in philosophy constantly. Yeah. Uh, the there's a I, I I tell people this frequently. There's a uh, there's two people debating. One was an atheist, and uh, they put the, uh, he he has this like oh it's not a piece of paper on the table, but it's like a, like a canvas or a board or something. You know, you turn the pages, yeah. giant pages. He's like draws this big circle and he's like you sir the atheist he's he's talking to the atheist he's like you're a real smart guy like one of the smartest people in the world perhaps that's why we're on the stage debating these topics because we are qualified to do so and i want you to take this marker and in this circle i want you to shade your knowledge this circle represents potential knowledge and he the guy walks up and he's like <laughs> And just makes like a little bitty like, and he's like, and he's probably a little generous with it too, you know, yeah. kind of like circles yeah. it in a little bit. And he's like, you're smart. That's a lot of knowledge. <laughs> Got me? But it's still just like a speck in that big circle. And he's like, so what you're telling me is what you just said can't exist in all of that blank space. Outside of our knowledge. And I was just like, man, that's mind-blowing. That's it, man. It's as simple as that. And that again, it, uh, to me, it always comes back to this point. We have to be humble, you know, and we have to because we look up at the stars, look at a tree growing. And I'm like, I didn't make that tree grow, you know. I don't, I can't make a tree grow. I can plant it, but I don't water it. I don't sunshine it. And I just, you know, I, I can't do that. But it's being done, you know. It's living this life beside me, and so if we if we remain humble, then we can still be teachable. As a matter of fact, I've got a T-shirt coming out. It says, "Only the humble heart is teachable." You know, because I honestly believe that. And if, if a person's full of pride, full of arrogance, and like, well, I can tell you this, the world was definitely made 68 billion years ago, and that's a fact. Well, to him it is a fact. He won't be changed. Arrogance has a hard time learning. But humility is open for learning. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Um, another, do you feel like you interfuse a lot of your uh, um, 
infuse a lot of your thoughts and philosophies into your songs? Well, I think with Folkster, I, I stepped into some things. I've got a song um, describing, uh, it's, it's called Sophie, and uh, it's like, Sophie, she comes to me. Sophie, she runs from me. I love her, but I don't understand. And I start describing this girl, and she's beautiful, and she's wonderful, and she's humble, and she's all these things. And and then I'm like, hey, girl. It's, it's, I picture myself as a, it's kind of this, this drunken idiot at the first part of the song. It's like, hey, girl, why don't you stay, girl? Don't run away, girl. You know, I'm, yeah, I'm acting the fool. You know, it's like it's cool. but And she's like, hey, man, uh, that's so uncool, friend. Don't be a tool, and then we'll be cool. You know, that kind of thing. She She responds back to me. And so I go through another verse, and I'm still acting the fool. And then I get to this part, and this cello part that we got worked up is so sweet, man. We get to this part, and it's basically Sophie is in Sophio in, in Greek is wisdom. And basically, he's having a conversation with wisdom. And in Proverbs, you know, wisdom is described as a woman, you know, in, in, in the Bible. And so she, she just outright, she's like, uh, you know, he, he asks her again, why won't you stay? Why are you always running away? And she just, like, puts her foot down. She's like, I've never once left you. And he's the one. He realizes in, in that moment. You know how we have that pre-lobal, you know, moment in our 23s where it's like, that's right. It's Actually, it's me that's been running away. And suddenly he's humbled. And so we get to put a little cello part in there. It's just like real soft. It's just like a little transformation. And then he comes through and he's like, hey, girl, I've been, I've been away, girl. But I'm I'm gonna stay, and let's be husband and wife through joy and through strife. Let's let's make this thing work. And so it's I've got a video idea for it. It's just gonna be, yeah. Yeah, no, that's 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 awesome. Yeah, man, and I'm so excited because like to me, if we can transfer wisdom via music, you know, as well as just don't be wrong, I write some stupid songs too. Like I've got a song called Ding about I couldn't figure out a ding on my phone. My kids love it. But <laughs> I've got a, a ding on my phone. I'm like, what is that? Like, is it, so I started writing this song. Like, is that is that Vine? Is that Google? Is it, is it, am I Batman? Is that my signal? Like, I've, I write those songs too. But you know, to but to me, if I can reach here and dig in people's hearts and say this matters, you know, let's let's learn together. Well, you got. I mean, I love going through a spectrum of emotions. Yeah, yeah. It shows, like that Todd Snyder show. I never even really listened to his music yeah. except my buddy called me. He's like, hey. You, you want to go to Todd Snyder? Next time and I he's was, playing, call me up, man. Yes, I want to oh, go check him out. Definitely. Um, the same guy I saw uh, Drive by Truckers with. Yeah. Uh, so like we've been, and then we come back and we talk about the concert on the podcast. Yeah. But uh, Todd Snyder made me laugh out loud like four or five times during the show. Yeah. But man, then he was like pulling my heart out with a couple of songs, It'll and then it, yeah. you know, then sometimes I was just it was upbeat and I was happy and I wanted to clap or whatever. Right. You know, and <clears throat> it just I it was it, the show. I left there just awe, awestruck because I was like, man, I just went through a, a spectrum, a of, spectrum of emotion in yeah. one little. I was just sat down for two hours and. Well, see, uh, solo with a band. He was solo. Awesome. Just him and the acoustic guitar, and he started off, uh, I believe he started off with D.B. Cooper. Cool. song he's got. Uh, so he tells a lot of story songs. Yeah. And, um, now, where was, where did, where did he It play? was at um, George's. Okay, yeah. Yeah. In yeah. favor. Yes. Okay. Um, so, uh, small venue. Yeah. I, I, but they bring through some incredible talent. Yeah, I've, I've played it. I mean, not saying I'm incredible talent. But. Yeah, well, no. <laughs> I mean, you wouldn't be on this podcast if you, you weren't. You wouldn't be in George's. <laughs> yeah, well, that too. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's impressive um, to play. So do you know Chris Thompson? Did you do his podcast? Yeah, yeah I did. Okay, yeah. All right, cool. Yeah, yeah I just, just listened to his podcast a little bit uh, the last couple of days. So, yeah. so he... Um, He's like on the same, like, uh, technically, like, rank him in jujitsu or whatever. Uh -huh. But, um, 
he's his own he's his own individual man in, right. in martial arts like we hang out when we can and uh but uh we're all on the same team yeah and uh he's, he's a good dude but uh, i thought i'd seen you on his podcast yeah uh, i yeah. saw your name at least um, and he uh, he loves guitar man that he dude, does he's fierce uh, yeah that's i was listening to him play uh or uh he did one over just him uh-huh. talking about his life story or what have you know he's talking about all his music and stuff and i was like oh cool man yeah i'm glad i know this about you yeah, and it's in, in this depth you know yeah so no it's um <laughs> yeah yeah well man um <clears throat> Any uh any other thing you I mean, we've I like I, I know life unraveled. I know this is we're, it. we're we're what, all else, the what place. else can we do that's that's uh it's gonna offend somebody so we can get that in there too. Yeah, I know. What right? other topics can we I think we hit the spectrum? See, we've, hit, um, we've hit God, we've hit uh uh the religion politics religion politics. Yeah. Yeah. Women's um, rights. Women's rights, that's gonna blow up. Yeah, uh, <laughs> did we talk about immigration? immigration? I think we did we touched on it. Let's right? do it then. Let's uh immigration. I'm I think that people uh I think that you know, people should be vetted absolutely to make sure that they, if they come from terroristic backgrounds, that we really don't want people like that to join our culture and become a part of it. Um, but at the same time, the, these little kids, these little four, five, six year olds, uh, we need to we need to be. Man, I watch I watch a video on refugee or just a, it was a video of a war zone. Like it was, uh, yeah, yeah. I want to say maybe Iraq. I I don't even remember where it was because I couldn't. It, it's I hard to like, conceive of living like that. You I know? know they were literally. Running out there and picking up bodies, yeah. and and I mean, all, all little kids, and and you could tell which ones were like the reporters that right. were there, and I mean, it was just, it's, it's so strange that the things that they're played with, our kids, they have no concept of, and I'm not trying to. I remember one time my kids were complaining about something to eat, and I just pulled up my laptop, pulled up a homeless child sitting there, and I put him at the head of the table, just facing us. I'm like, this is how we're going to eat. And if you don't eat everything, not everything on your plate, but if you don't eat what's sitting in front of you, then, you know, just take a look. He would, you know. Like, I feel like you, you, have to, you have to expand your kid's world to make them know that it, it's not, oh, no, my Wi-Fi is not working. It's I picked up my brother's um, body, but I couldn't find his arm. So we just had to bury him without his arm. You know, that's that's some people's lives that, that are your age. So I'm, I really do try to impress a worldview on my kids because I I don't they're going to grow up selfish. They're going to grow up entitled. You know, something about having a developed worldview. I didn't I didn't, I didn't start development. Like I said, my worldview until I was in my twenties, and yeah. I've been fortunate enough to travel. Um, I've only been out of the country a couple of times, but I've been fortunate enough to travel all over the U.S. and just expanding my worldview in that way and learning about other cultures and. This Western Civ Two course is kind of the bane of my existence right now because I'm not really a world history guy. I can be. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm classically trained, I guess you right, could right. say. But uh, I'm just like somebody said something. They're like, "Oh, you're doing that. You're doing a real good job about these topics, you know." And I was like, "Thank you," because teaching the history of the world <laughs> over the last 500 years is difficult. That's difficult, you know. And it's like, and, and there's and there's built-in biases. I mean, the winner writes the the history, right? So. Yeah. If you want to try to find out what really happened, well, good luck. You know, you're gonna to have to. You have to granted, man. I'm I'm way more fascinated today than ever before. Having even gone through in college a couple of times by the Protestant Reformation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like uh, Martin Luther, that dude. He was on fire. Nail it to the. <laughs> yeah, and what was funny is he was like, "I really wasn't meaning for it to be that big of a deal." Right. It, nailing it to the door is a normal way to bring that's, up a discussion. That's you know? how you do it. <laughs> but uh, what was crazy is, but so 
people say if the printing press had not have been around, he would have been burned yeah, at the stake. Absolutely. And uh because there there within two hundred years there had been a lot of other people that had similar ideas. Right. And what was wild to me too is because like so he like basically debunked everything the church was selling to the peasants. Like yeah indulgences the veneration of relics like right. like he had to walk up these stairs i was i write reading his account about it and like say the lord's prayer on every step and then he got to the top and was like i don't believe that this is going to get me out of purgatory at all you know yeah and, but this it was funny but but too he writes a lot about how he went through this time where he had like divorced himself of the church's ideas and he was just reading the bible and he had no idea like he had not formed lutheranism his theology yet until one day he comes across like uh apostle paul's writings did you have any problem with these japanese ladybugs dude oh they no. invested my house no i didn't and I, like I every now and then one. i see one crawling around i was like no don't get on the deck <laughs> no. yeah so yeah, this is funny. this is the glory of the podcast man. it goes everywhere <laughs> but i i suck probably like five thousand of those things up in a in a shop back uh, uh my friend billy and paul reader yeah i was gonna say oh, billy reader had it way worse and he than was I allergic did. to the bugs right oh man yeah, yeah. i think he was so he was like yeah. hacking and breaking out and all that kind of stuff yeah so. yeah they do have a unique smell to him when you start sucking them up like i think he probably left his back in the house oh or that'll do it right? yeah but yeah I, i'm gonna have um i'm gonna have him on the podcast that's cool yeah he's, he's super cool dude so you know, i love how he, he's involved with the community too yeah and uh, you know whenever he was running the crossing downtown that was such a nice yeah you know, that i really feel like russellville specifically is missing that community place where people can go and hang out it's, um and it just and music for me. Oh, I, I, I like I love what videos. downtown's becoming. It's like, cool. I go to Midtown yeah. Coffee a lot. Yeah, but um, I would love it so much more if it was downtown. Yeah, you know, like I I hate going over that city mall to hey, park. What is with coffee shops that don't have bathrooms or drive-throughs? That's weird. Super weird. Yeah, Midtown. I'm like, you need a bathroom or a drive-through. You'd make so much more money with a drive-through. So. Yeah, yeah. They're, they are getting some sort of little like a uh, coffee like a kiosk truck. or something. Okay. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, they're gonna put it up over by that funky junkie spot. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So, but no, the I, guy trains with me. He, they're. I guess they've been through a few owners. He's been on it for like. Yeah, was it Josiah? Yeah, Josiah. Yeah, I love Josiah. Yeah, slaps the best. Super nice guy. Yeah, he is. Uh, he and his wife train at the gym and. Um, Real good dude. Yeah. I was I was creeping back on his Facebook the other day Tell when him. he was in high school and stuff. He's <laughs> thinking like now he's like got this scraggly that's beard right. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I was like, that's you, dude. <laughs> he needs uh he needs he needs a bathroom. Put it, put it downtown. Actually, um, the uh, coffee shop downtown, uh, Penny U, is they been, just um, been sold, right? Yeah, yeah. So now that's going to become that retro arcade. Yeah, that's what I heard about yeah, that. That'll so. be uh, that'll be cool. Yeah. More stuff. I I don't think there's a retro arcade like that, except until you get to like Fayetteville, right. maybe Salem Springs or something. Yeah. But shoot, I'd go just to reminisce. Man, I just got one of those Super Nintendos, the the retro ones, uh -huh. and um, I bought it off Facebook Marketplace. And whoever I bought it from uploaded 400 games. That's on what it. I'm talking about. Yeah, dude. Cora <laughs> has already beat like two or three of the Mario's. She plays I, it all the time. I allow myself like once a year. You know, like a game's gonna come out, and I'm just like, I can't wait for that game. So. I just I had to put it away, you know. Like I do it, and like usually it's in November is when they kind of the good ones come out. And I'm looking forward. To 2018 has uh, Anthem, this new like game that looks really really cool. So one time a year, 
I just allow myself just to binge out. Just on pl- it. binge out, and that's it though, because I can't do it. Otherwise, I would I'm do like, it all I'm the time. I'm super into the retro games, oh, man. Yeah. Like I don't know why. I saw this, I shared this funny uh, article on uh, Facebook yesterday. It was like archaeologists discover group of men in a college dorm still playing 007 Goldeneye, <laughs> and I was like, yeah. And I was like, I'm killing those dudes where they respawn. <laughs> Because, <laughs> man, I, I, I can't tell you how much I played that game. It's one of the only N64 games I still have. I think I played that, too. I'm trying to remember. There was, I think, yeah, it was Goldeneye. Is there a part where you can, like, ride a bike and stuff? Um, or is it, maybe I'm thinking of a different... No, that might have been the second one. They made the a second one, but, like, Goldeneye was, like, the father of the first-person okay. shooter. Yeah. Like, uh, is the Pierce Brosnan, James yeah. Bond. Yeah. But uh, I, know I don't I, remember I know riding I played a bike. The, you I could know. ride a tank. Yeah. But yeah, it was a cool game. <laughs> Came out when I was a kid, man. I burned it up. That and that Zelda Ocarina of Time. Yeah, such a good one. <laughs> no, I, Zelda mode. I uh, that's that's another. I mean, I hate to say it, but if my kids had to find a drug, I, I mean, playing a video game is a lot. You don't get anything done, but it's a lot more healthy than you know. Yeah, what's crazy to me, and I don't believe this at all. Like, okay. there's a sect of parents out there that are they're propagating this idea that like iPads are like do the same thing to your brain as cocaine. Hmm. I think social media does to a degree. I could see that on social media, but they're talking about screens. Nah. I'm talking about the act of <laughs> looking at a screen. Well, if if that's the case, uh, <laughs> as we stare at these screens, yeah. I will say there's there's well I played last night and I've never I never understood this. I'm not trying to be disrespectful to any of the places that I've played. Um, but I've never understood why you would have live music and have 30 television screens going on at the same time. You know, to me, it's like you celebrate what you have. Celebrate the person you're actually paying money to come in and, and perform. You know, If people want to sit in a different area. Yeah, I know. That's what I like about Georgia's is they've got, uh, yeah. they got some TVs and stuff up front at the bar. Right. But out in the back, it's, no, it's, it's a venue. It's a venue, right. I just think if you're going to go to the, the trouble of having live music, why not celebrate that? What do, you, uh, what do you know about? Have you played the old bank? Yeah, I played there uh, one time. I I enjoyed it, but it it also had that vibe. Yeah, I was, so aren't they downstairs next door? Is that going to be kind of a concert? I've, I've heard that might be a venue coming, but I've heard that for the last couple of years. I haven't really seen any. Are they doing work to it? Uh, they're working on it okay. on and off. I've seen them. I, I looked in there the other night. I think once they're able to just get me my food in a decent amount of time. <laughs> well, that was part of the thing is uh, I played there and, and the place was just packed out. I mean, it's, you know, because I'd never played there before and yeah. it was still relatively new. And uh, I was getting texts from people, but like, we're, we, we're out here waiting. This is a 45 minute wait. And um, I'm like, that's because food's <laughs> They have a, <laughs> apparently a super small kitchen. Yeah, that's that's what I heard. And and I think I hope maybe they're going to expand the kitchen. Maybe they could do that. That would be a, yeah for the for the place. It's so big and it's beautiful. Like the, I like the it. inside of it is beautiful. I like going there, but um, yeah. I'm hit or miss on the service. Yeah, but I keep going back. Well, you know, where else is there? I know, <laughs> right? It's like, it's about the coolest spot. I don't, I definitely, I don't like going to Buffalo Wild Wings. No. I mean, it's just, I, it, I, it, it I just wish that we there. had some place with that vibe that would celebrate the music side of it and just be like, hey, if you guys just, and, and you know what might happen though? And this is probably like a worst case scenario. Nobody would come to the music side. Yeah. They'd be like, they want to stay where the TVs are. Or you'd get your hardcore, like your one person up there, just like, I remember. Uh, like so karaoke. Did you, uh, did you play at the Refugees recently? Acoustic Refugees. Oh, I know they played they, downtown. They played recently. downtown. I didn't get to make it. I was out yeah, of town. But I was out of town too. Uh, Doctor McDougal uh, played. Oh man, yeah. he uh, he shreds. Yeah. He played at my cousin's wedding. You know, 
everybody's drinking out of the keg and dancing. And I've already been to the keg and right. it brought my beer back. And I'm standing up there like, whoa, he's playing <laughs> my girl on the guitar. And I was the only person up there by the stage. And I was just like, I was so into it, man. I've got sunshine. Man, yeah. he kills it on yeah, that yeah, song. Yeah. He does. I was super excited. And, you know, excited. he's just as nice as, I mean, I don't think you ever spent much time with him, but not a not a lot. He's just, uh, his he's son really Andrew nice and I were really the nice same dude. age. Okay, yeah. So I've been over to his house a couple of times uh, and saw him as an eye doctor a couple of times. They actually do one of my songs on my first album. They, it's called Sunsets, and they do it better than I do. I don't. I'm not even played anymore. I'm just like you, you guys can have that one. It's 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 so much. And and uh, Roxanne, their singer, um, she's recovering, but she had some issues with her. Oh, her wow. voice, so I did, yeah, I didn't know that. She played guitar with them this last time that they played downtown, and uh, they had another. They have another singer, so but amazing band, acoustic gravity. Oh yeah, uh, Doctor McDougal is a is a guitarist blows my mind. Who's uh, who are some of your? I mean, lo- around here locally, are you are you vibing off any new music, or is anybody? I mean, we mentioned Lucero. I would consider that somewhat local, um, yeah. and but not new. Um, new stuff in the area. Man, I'm devoid on anything well, coming a, out of Arkansas that's new. There's an eclectic band, and uh, like purposefully eclectic. They want to be different. Um, named uh, Couch Jackets that are really starting to pick up. And uh, where are they at? They are actually they're from Clarksville, Russellville area. And um, interesting. Yeah, and uh, it's 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 worth a listen. Like if you want something that's different, you know, it's going to be different. But it's uh, it's just neat to hear an, an uh, alternative music coming out of. In rural Arkansas, I know, and there's a lot of. You know, I feel like there's a lot of great music coming through here, and yeah. um, that's that's from here that's been around for a little while. Yeah. Um, my buddy just saw. Uh, have you tuned into this concept of these what they call living room shows? Yeah, yeah, house concerts. Yeah, he just yeah. saw um, one in a basement of a church recently. Uh, the Bottle Rockets. The Bottle Rockets. I know that name. Yeah, I'm. I'm just. I've just listened to a little bit of their music, but. Yeah. Um, they're kind of a truckers esque band, yeah. you know, and uh, but they're they're doing another one I think coming up in Fayetteville. Yeah, I'm also I'm going to see Doctor Dog here pretty soon. He's playing at George's. Doctor Dog. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I haven't listened to any stuff in years, but uh, this same buddy of mine, man, yeah. he just he is lighting it up going to shows. Two Cow Garage is somebody he's kind of turned me yeah. on to that he really likes. I think we mentioned them earlier. Well, I think being a being a musician right now, like I've, I have the the fortitude of, of having twenty years under my belt, which I'm I'm thankful for because I think it's always the earlier you started, the easier it is to because right now these bands are coming out and how do you compete if you have no built in audience? You know how how do you compete in that? You try to go out and play as much as you can, but people aren't really going out nearly as much as they used to. Because people can stay at home and stare I at know, their phone, I know. you know, and and then people do live streams on the show, and I, I'm I'm kind of torn on this. It's like, well, the benefit is to actually experience the music and be there, but at the same time, see, I wonder if a YouTube live stream wouldn't be way better because I know of no way yeah. to monetize what you're doing on Facebook. Yeah, no, I think with the, the only way you could do it, well, well, they, they could do a store and stuff like that, right? Or or uh, <clears> PayPal. <throat> I just you know put my yeah. email out there and be like, if you want to send me a tip, I've I've done some live shows and. Well, like one time I came and I did a show for maybe like 120, 150 people, something like that. And I came home and I still wanted to play. And I was like, I'm just going to play some more, you know. And so I picked up my thing and started playing to Facebook Live. And I, and someone said, hey, how can I tip you? And I was like, 
Huh. Yeah. Here, oh, PayPal. what a good idea. Yeah, yeah. And so I, uh, but what was, what was crazy about that was, um, you know, the algorithm was pushing the live shows more then. And I think I did a 20 minute set. I ended up making, I don't know, 40 or $50 just in tips. And then 4,000 plus people saw it. So, as a musician, you can't pay. Yeah, you can't pay fifty dollars in advertising for that many people to see it. Hardly. As a musician, I mean, how are you going to do that? I mean, how are you going to? How else are you going to? Do you want to go out and play for a hundred people, or do you want four thousand people to see the same music, the same shit? So I really feel like we're at this strange tipping point where live music still matters, but it usually has to be a pretty big event. Like you too, we're going to go see you too. That's a huge event. We know we're only going to do it once in our life. I wonder how good they're going to be live. Oh too. my goodness! Well, I saw them once before, and it was amazing. amazing. The, the, well, there's so much more to be said for the live performance. Yeah. I'm going to say right now, like there's not not a knock on your recording process, your albums, or no, anything. But no. I've seen you live, and I've listened to your CDs, and obviously your digital music, and there's just nothing. And yeah. I, it's, it's not you. It's all bands, like. The live show is yeah. like I've bought several albums after seeing the live show, and it's yeah. like a, the, that band you hadn't really heard of or whatever. Connection. And you go put it in the CD player, you're like, "Is uh, it's all right?" Yeah, yeah. it's all right. And that honestly, that's the way I felt about um, so many of my albums. And part of what it is, I think, is that by the time that you have spent time with the songs and started actually being like, "Okay, let's just change this verse here. Let's let's make let's let's put this yeah. in a different key. Let's bring it up." Do you, Do you feel like it's the environment too? You mean the fact like that like you like playing live versus you being in the little wooden room? Oh yeah, or whatever. I, I can't. I mean, I know some people love it, but I can't stay in the studio. I've I've played over five thousand shows, probably closer to six thousand shows wow. now. Yeah, I know. So to me, there has to be somebody to, you know, I'm even thinking about inviting you know some people into the recording session just to like just be there so I can have somebody that I'm actually, you know. Yeah, yeah. Again, like we talked about things feeling, yeah, feeling forced or what have you. Yeah, yeah. And it just seems something kind of awkward to like when it's like, oh, I'm going to go sit down in here. I'm going to, this will be the day that I, in the time in which I play the best sounding version of the song in which I've written, I'm going to plug it in. Right. And you're playing it all all alone. And and I admire people who are so good in the studio. I have a problem. I can never, like this, luckily, I don't have to touch it later. Right. This this is as it was. But I, I have a problem. I mean, I've written music over the years. I've got so I got a couple of guitars hanging up in the living room, and uh, drum kit and a bunch of other stuff over here in the other room. And I just always have a problem with being satisfied with the work. Yeah. Like I'm like, oh, it's gonna be better. I just did the, the words yeah. or the, and the arrangement. No, man, I'm I'm the same way. That's why this new album, I'm not I'm not gonna mix it. I'm gonna record it and I'm going to okay it and say, okay, this is a good recording. This is all these raw tracks are good, and then I'm gonna hand it over to the person I trust to mix it and be like, you do, you know, I did what I was best at, and you do what you're. Do you best have a program at. you use or they use to mix it with? Um, no, I really think it's just it's it's the ear, it's the ear of the person that you have mixing yeah. it. That's that's really. My buddy cool. can do some amazing stuff with this program called Logic. Uh, I've got Logic Pro. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what. Yeah, Logic Pro. So he's makes like I'm doing this on Garage, man. Uh-huh. Unfortunately, no, I, I want to get. It's gar- all the I same. Get, it, it really is. <laughs> he's like, bro. Imagine, imagine this Garage Band here, but Logic is like one thousand times better. I started on Garage Band. So yeah, yeah, I'm always just super turnkey. Yeah, you know. Yeah, um, and and that's what you need right now. You don't have to. You know. Oh, I know. I was like, oh, I already got everything. What I want to do is like I keep having to loop back and delete my audio and video files from the podcast because right. it'll start filling up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. filling up my memory. You do like external hard drives and 
Um, well, I've got, I, I put um, all of the GarageBand stuff goes on the cloud. Yeah. Um, I have a Google Drive, That's but cool. um, when uh, I, I should use my external hard drive, but I just haven't. I'm, oh, I'm okay. trying to get, just get a whole external device. They're finally getting really affordable. Like you can get four terabytes. And it's, oh, I know. Yeah. Man, I, I should do that. I, I was telling um, somebody recently, uh, I think it was my college class, that uh, when I started school, a 512 megabyte <laughs> flash drive was 40 bucks. Yeah. I remember going, like, I'm like freshman in college, 19 years old, go down to Walmart, I'm going to need this. I can score this many papers on it, this That's many pictures. Right, That's what it was all about, papers and pictures. Couldn't put any songs on it. No, no, no. But uh, <laughs> it's like, yeah, you know, a couple of songs that really tank this out. But I think I still have that flash, little Lexar flash drive. Yeah, yeah. You know what's crazy is, is that, uh, and, and being an audiophile, because if, you, if you're listening to vinyl, then you probably are an audiophile. Um, you've got this kind of... Uh, appreciation that mp3 is the crappiest sounding format you know and people my son will go around and listen to spotify on his phone and it's coming out of these crappy little speakers and it's like i know it's convenient i know that you are technically getting to hear the music but it's uh well that's why one of the reasons i went to the headphone amp is because yeah. i just felt like the quality in which I'm going to hear your voice, you're going to yeah. hear mine the audience i mean it has less to do with the audience more how we hear ourselves yeah but uh that's why I was like, I kind of came to the conclusion. I was like, well, I need to do a little better job. And this little bit. that headphone amp is like 50 bucks or yeah. something. Yeah, it's no, those totally preamps Totally serves its purpose. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I've actually run my vocals through those preamps before, the art preamps. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it makes it a little richer, a little warmer. You know, I didn't know this, but I had to get a special uh, stereo to mono cable. Yeah. I had to do the same thing for coming from the TV. I was trying oh, to just do so. like yeah. uh, instrument cable, essentially. Huh. And it was only giving... Uh, audio in one earphone oh yeah because yeah and i was like what and my buddy dylan who's like i mean he's he's mixing a lot of i'm working a, a couple of friends and i came over and we recorded some different intros for the podcast i haven't started using them yet yeah. where they're mixing them down for me and stuff and uh, he's like dude i don't i don't know what's going on I've never, sweet, I've never seen anything like this one year but thing <laughs> and i was just like finally uh brian chenoweth yeah, no brian. Um, yeah, yeah i'm gonna have him on the podcast valley, uh, valley piano yeah such a great dude he's, he's great he's um and too he's been pretty instrumental with helping me instrumental uh, <laughs> no pun intended uh help me figure out some of these um yeah cable things he's had several things i needed in shot yeah, yeah. Uh, stock and he's about to move right he's about to move to the west side of town uh, you know, I saw him uh, talk uh, talking about it recently, uh, just kind of looking back, but we just became friends yeah. on Facebook. I've done some business with him over the years, yeah. but I just kind of was like, this is going to be the dude I go see for anything. Yeah. He's such a nice guy. He's, he he's loves Star Wars. incredibly confident, loves Star Wars. Yeah, I mean, it was funny. I went in there the other day and he's like, yeah, man, I really like your podcast. Uh, you know, that first episode, that guy talking about Star Wars, you know, I, I had... I had some points I would have disagreed with, but I was just like, really? You should come on and talk about them, you know? I'm going to talk about Star Wars right now. Okay. Play it on me, All man. right, man. Um, the, the Force Awakens loved it brilliant. Um, Last Jedi loved it brilliant. But here's the thing, right? When I go to watch a movie, I don't watch any of the trailers. I watch, he doesn't either. I watch the very first trailer, and then I'll watch anything else. You know, used, like, yeah, yeah. I yeah. used to feel like not a fan for doing that, and then I found out it was a thing. Oh, I was man. like, I don't care enough about Solo to no, watch the man, trailer. No, I, don't, I just want, when I go in there, I want to watch it like a 12-year-old boy. I just want to be like, whoa, 
Whoa. No expectations. Yeah, yeah, no expectations, man. Because when you do that, you're really getting the full effect of what the film writer is. Well, and and you know how on the trailers, I remember picking up on this when I was like a 12-year-old boy. Yeah. It'd be like they put all the funny parts in the trailers exactly. or like like or put they, two things out of context right. where it's like that line didn't even exist in the movie. Right, and they will. Like, you know, J.J. Abrams, you know, and whenever he's doing something, he's always constantly trying to, you know, misdirect so that it, it confuses. But... I just I think they give too much away, and I want to be visually surprised. I want to be surprised with the plot. I want to be you know, completely. And I love that opening scene of uh, Last Jedi. It was hilarious. That's uh, yeah, and that uh, space battle. Yeah, like when he does like the the drifting of the X wing. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so cool, man. Yeah, and I want to watch it again in the theater, but it went off, you know, before I got to go back and, and see it. I know, I wanted to see it twice. Jesse, uh, the guy I was mentioning came on the podcast, Jesse Weiss, he's a sociology professor at uh, yeah. U of O. Um, I'm going to have him back on. This guy's been to like every national park in the U.S. and has a jacket with all the patches of all the <laughs> parks cool. he's been on. So, like, he's a national parks expert. And, like, we were going to talk about that, but we ended up just talking about Star Wars for over two hours. Well, here's what I want to happen, <laughs> since I have no idea what the next movie I want Ray to be a Kenobi. Oh, and me too. I've always kind of been fascinated I by mean, that. For real, like I don't care how it happens. I just want her to be a Kenobi. Um, you know, someone. Well, you know that they're, they're going to do this Kenobi trilogy or spinoff movie. Exactly. One or the other. Exactly. So I think this would be a really good time to. Plus, you and McGregor. You yeah, got it. I love you and McGregor, yeah, me man. Too. That dude is just like you know. It, you, I try not to envy people. But there's like two people, maybe three people that I think, man, that's a pretty fun job. Jared Leto, 30 Seconds oh, yeah, to Mars, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. like that band, amazing They're band. playing at the Amp soon. Are they really? Yeah, I just heard a commercial for That's it on the awesome. radio last night. I, I would actually go see them. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, oh, what was that crazy movie he was in? Um, super Requiem sad. for uh, a Dream. Yeah, about the addiction. Dude, that is sad. That is like... I probably wouldn't. I, I've, I've I, almost I got, watched it again. I got three-fourths of the way through the very first time. I remember watching it on video cassette. Three-fourths of the way through it, stopped and wept, and then finished it and wept again. I mean that's really that's that's how much it affected me, and I think I started. I don't to go think back I can and, ever watch it. Again. I don't think we need to. I think it. it you know, that was Darren Aronofsky, wasn't that the person that directed? The guy so. who did Pie and, and uh, Black Swan and those things. Yeah, Black Swan. I think and that may not be him, but if, if some reason I associate. I want to say with it is. Yeah. I want to say it is. But, dude, man, just heartbreaking. Yeah, Jared Leto is. Um, but that dude, yeah. Yeah, he's, oh, he's an artist. He's got man. the. Did he's you got like the him best. in Suicide Squad? Well. I didn't really like Suicide Squad. You know, again, I try to watch movies like a 12-year-old, but the 12-year-old boy movie is kind of like, eh. You know? <laughs> I, I, it's hard to get behind. you got all bad people. Like, these are all bad people, and I'm supposed to identify. In a story, that's what we do. We kind of self-identify. We think, well, who are we most like? And who, you know, and we all kind of picture ourselves as a hero. So everybody kind of probably identified with with Will Smith's character. I know, I was about to say, I liked Will Smith's character right. the most. Because that's the one that, you know, like there's a, ch a chance of redemption there. There's a, there's a shot of, of you know, and we want to see that. We want to be redeemed, we want to see redeemed. Play Bullseye, right? With Joker, was it Bullseye or Death, Deathstroke? Or Deathstroke. Deathstrike, I can't. I can't remember. One of those. Yeah. Um, but he, you know, but everybody was bad. And so Jared Leto, while he played a very crazy part, I don't know, I, just, I wasn't very attracted to the whole. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. But I've seen that with a lot of TV shows. I mean, Orange is the New Black and... and uh, I almost made a joke earlier about Orange is the New Black, <laughs> but I didn't know if you'd seen it. So let's loop back to the old bank real quick. Okay. So I was up there having a beer with one of my buddies the other day um, uh, upstairs, and uh, we're just sitting at that bar because there's no... The one downstairs is flooded. Yeah. 
Well, and then, um, so like the fire chief here in town. Yeah, uh, Richard. Yeah, so he plays in a band. Yeah. And he was uh, he was playing that night, and yeah. I was like, I looked up there, and for some reason, I just couldn't stop thinking about Caputo playing the bass up there in the <laughs> bar, you know? It's just like... <laughs> I was yeah. dying though. I just like I couldn't. I was looking at because I guess Caputo has the mustache and he has the mustache, and I was just like, "The fire chief's in a band. This is great." <laughs> yeah, Richard's way cooler than Caputo. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. No. I know. But I was just like, I was but, like, but I, I can now that now I'm, I'm scarred in my mind. I'm yeah, thinking no, next time I see him, him I'm gonna see. I'm gonna see. But uh, super nice guy. He's, yeah, yeah. He uh, he did an inspection on like I want to say our building we're in now when yeah. we moved in. So no, nah, he is, and you know his daughters Nick and Sam. You know they're the 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 they grew up around here and they played music everywhere. Oh, and now that's his daughters. Yeah, they're in, yeah. Nash- they're in Nashville, and wow, uh, they're doing something. I heard they're putting together a new band or something. So. Have you heard of um, these two girls, Larkin and Poe? I heard the names. Is it? Uh, they're not local though, right? No, but they're they're out of Nashville. Okay. One of them plays the um, like steel guitar uh-huh. like on her lap, and all the videos. And the other that's one, what it is. I've seen like the video. they do covers like Johnny Be Good, yeah. and they'll be like, "Hey, it's Bob Seger's birthday. We're gonna play a song for you." I mean, that's just awesome. the covers they do on Facebook Dude, alone. You gotta check out this girl named Elise Trow. T R O U W. She is the future of music. And let me tell you why. First of all, it doesn't hurt to be gorgeous in the music scene, right? So she's already got that going on. But on top of that, phenomenal percussions, phenomenal drummer. Nice. So she'll sit down and she'll like start a beat, and then she'll loop that. Oh, I know who you're talking about. She did Radiohead, Weird Fishes. She did. See, Humphreys McGee, who I mentioned, we may go see at Red Rocks. They do a cover of that. I love that song. Yeah, but our picture fishers, and then what was the other? It was uh, Beds Too Big Without You, uh, Sting, and The Police. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I've so, seen her do another one, too. Uh, the, she did a Foo Fighters one on Dave That's Girl's, what, that Dave was Girl's one, yeah. birthday. Uh, Foo Fighters in, in the 1970s. I can't remember the name of the song. Um, speaking of people who do looping and, and stuff, um, have you heard of this girl, uh, Tash Sultana? The name sounds familiar. She, I don't think she plays name. all these instruments, but... Um, there's this video of her playing like out on the streets in like Australia or somewhere. I don't even not sure where it's at, but she just she'll starts off and then she starts looping and, and multi effecting and just like shreds. So and it's I, a one person. I loop, but I don't loop like they loop. I know I've got a I've, I've got a looper in the other <laughs> right. room there, and I'm just like uh, I'll I'll like lay down like a little four chord right, something. Right, My right. buddy's drumming, and I'll start doing a little solo over it. And, <laughs> yeah. then, and then they're like, "That's so cool!" And I was like, you "Dude, I'm nothing." I just I just got my pedal board set up yesterday. I was like, you know how it is. I was pulling pedals out, pulling pedals out, and like I had to set them up. And I'm just like, I just need to just give in and get a pedal board and just put it all together. And so I'm running these things now. And I played it for the first time last night, and I was like, yes, that's awesome. Oh yeah, you I know. mean, I hear that's totally the way to go. But it's just it's so much, much better to have them because I was it was taking me 15 minutes to undo all the chords and do all that, and now it's just like kaboom, step on it, let's go. Well, I mean, just the little boxes or cases I know yeah. are pretty expensive that yeah. I've seen. It, we it was actually my was it Christmas Christmas yeah, Jerry, my wife bought it for me for Christmas just. Uh, I just go around and put it get together though. Yeah, nice. It's always it's always nice when the uh, when your wife or significant other supports your habit. She is so encouraging. I mean, I, I couldn't be a musician and go out. and Yesterday for Valentine's Day, Cora gave me a Taco Bell gift card. See, she knows you. She loves me. She, she, a woman knows you. Yeah, and there's so many five layer burritos. What did you What did you get her? Uh, well, yesterday I did not go get her anything because she was super sick, Ooh. and I was gonna wait. And I got her some flowers last week, so. Gotcha. Um, 
I'm gonna do something for her today. Actually, she's right. got pink eye. Oh no! And from like she's been sick all week. Mm. So um, last night I was like I stayed at the gym cleaning super late because she hadn't been there this week and it was. Uh, Look at my see. I started talking about my wife. And yeah, then she, there we go. She buzzes me. My mind just texted me too. Did you? Really? Yeah. <laughs> so do you need to get that? No, no. I'm just gonna send all these funny things. I'm gonna say that I'm in the movies. Nice. You're like you can just you're like I'm sorry, I'm in the movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Custom what? text. Yeah. <laughs> Man, too, here's another thing my iPhone started doing. Um, it's like I can, like, for example, write the word poop, and it, and it will give me an emoji. It's like, did you want to say poop, or do you want to put the emoji for poop? And I'm like, well, <laughs> I'm going to use the emoji. Thank like, LOL is like the little crying smiley face. Yeah. Like, it, it's uh, that's fascinating to me. The technology yeah, takes yeah. the word and can make it a little... Half of everything I do, like, I've been talking to people about the Kickstarter thing, and, and just... I do voice to voice to uh, thing and then correct the mistakes if they're mistakes. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, and it's I, I don't I don't want to type. I just want to say it and let it be done. So I know I know it, it's funny how like if uh, you know we used to have like Motorola razors. Someone was talking about that in my yeah. class last night, and I was like, yeah, man, I could text so fast on that thing. That's because <laughs> to get to see you had to go one one one. <laughs> I know, and now I can, I remember being a freshman in college texting in my pocket. <laughs> and now I, I can't I'm even saying. complete a coherent sentence no. without autocorrect sneaking up behind uh, that's me. That's what and I do too. I'm like, just this, just do it. Just say it. Done. I'm yeah. done. You understand what I meant, even though half the words are wrong. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. Well, I love it when people post their Facebook statuses up like that. It's like I know a couple of people that are like they've done it. This is super botched, and then it becomes a big joke. <laughs> So mediums to contact you, social media, websites. What's the best way to get a hold of somebody named Rob? The best way to get a hold of me is definitely the website, uh, sgnrobb.com. And um, right now I've got an email thing that you can sign up and get uh, three free songs. And one of those is actually um, – one is a song called Something Beautiful This Way Comes, which was off my last album. It's the radio edit. It's the polished-up version, kind of shortened the intro and all that. Um, and then uh, another one is uh, Bob Dylan's uh, "Times They Are Changing," which Ooh, you do as, cover that. Yeah, yeah. Even Dang, as it was, I love that it, song. It was written so long ago, but it's so accurate. Like even even to this day, I love. Uh, you ever seen the movie The Watchmen? Oh yeah, they do. Uh, they do that song. Yeah. Oh man, I love that. And song. they do some Litter Cohen stuff in there too, don't they? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I shared some funny uh, Bob Dylan video the other day. I might have only shared it with my buddy Josh, but um, it was this, I, I think it was a guy from the Beach Boys. Was it like a rock Brian and roll? Wilson? Yeah. Well, it wasn't, I think, I think it was Dennis. Okay. But I, it could have been Brian Wilson, but the guy was just going on and on complaining and like Bob Dylan gets up there and is like, I'm glad that it just like totally went over Dylan over the top with it. I've, I'm I forgetting. You just said it. I have to see it. I'll see if I can find yeah, it. Send it to you. But I sent it to Josh Wilson. He was dying. But um, yeah, send it to me. That's uh, that sounds fun. Yeah, yeah cool. That's uh, you do a lot of covers. Uh, I th you know I I went through a phase where I was like no covers, nothing. It's all original. You played. Uh, I heard you play uh, Folsom Prison Blues yeah. one time. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've killed it. Well, I think that someone. Well, I think it's my dad. He talked to me. and He's like, you know, whenever you do a cover. He's like, you're basically, you're, you're telling people where you're coming from, and then they can get on board with that. I'm like, yeah, because I'm like, well, we listen to some of the same music. Exactly. I like you that much more. Exactly. And so once the, there is connection, again, it makes that connection. Um, but I think uh, I try to choose my covers like I choose my friends, you know, like, and, and the one thing I ask is like, can, can I make this better? 
you know, like, because there's some covers I just don't think you should touch. Like, honestly, I, I have, I've done the song by request before, but um, Leonard Cohen's song by Jeff Buckley, Hallelujah, mm. is untouchable. You, you know? do you do a great cover of Crash by Dave Matthews. I, and too, I love man. that, but I, I still don't think I do it as well. as I, I try. You know, I try to add my own thing. I, I actually do a, a mashup with a cover of um, of Crash and um, The Freshman by The Verb Pipe. Ooh, I like you remember that song? Those. Yes, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, um, and, I, and I love it. You know, I, I love both those songs. Uh, so I, I try to honor the cover when I'm doing it uh, just because I want to. There's no sense doing a crappy cover <laughs> or doing a cover crappily, I should say. Yeah, no, yeah. indeed. Uh, so how do you do, how do you handle your? I mean, I feel like you probably you, you're established enough. You can you have these venues you play at, but I mean, do do people just contact you at random and book you for events? I mean, how do you they go do, about that process? A lot of times, the festivals, you know, it depends on on where it is. But if I've played through there before, if somebody's, oh yeah, I saw Rob, you know, in in uh, Taos, then, you know, let's book him for the Mile High Club, or Mile High, not the club, but Mile High, uh, Denver yeah, yeah, yeah. Festival, that kind of thing. So you've played, I mean, so you played all over I the played, world, essentially, yeah? Yeah, I, I went to London and France and did a little thing over there, and that was a lot of fun. Um, interesting to see, culturally, how things were different, you know? Um, yeah. People read the newspapers over there, and it's, it's all, it's nothing about celebrities. Like, over here, everything's like, oh, no, someone shaved their head, or... Or someone cast a shade upon someone else, whatever. But uh, over there, it's just like uh, this happened in Russia, and the so the papers like same thing. Anyway, but um, musically though, people always want to be entertained, and it seems kind of funny if an English person comes over here, we're instantly attracted to their accent because. It's different, and, and sometimes Corey and I narrate our dogs laughing in English accent. I do the same thing, or <laughs> Scottish if my kids are doing something. <laughs> Why not? Is <laughs> uh, and then, uh, but but the same thing's true over there. They they love our accent. They love our you know. Um, they love to to hear the, the new music. Well, it's a, it's always uh, we used to mention audiophile earlier, but um, like francophiles, like people that are fascinated by Frank, uh, Frank, uh, French culture yeah. or English culture. Yeah. So, um, um, I took, I think I took four years of, uh, French in high school. Wow. Yes. And so now Impressive. I'm like, just to see a this sounds great, but I can only do a few of these phrases, right? <laughs> and so I went over to, to France, and I'm like, this is, I've been training my whole life for this. Right? I am fluent. And I'm just like, ah. And so what I noticed is there, we were at this, this little French restaurant right on the, right on the shore of the sea in uh, a little town called uh, L'Escale, Les, Les Les um, which is uh, it's close to Normandy. Which, you know, see the beaches of Normandy, they still have the holes and the craters and stuff where people... Were. I would love to see it. My grandpa was at Normandy. Are you serious? Uh, he was at Utah Beach, so he was actually at the least vile beach, but he said there's still bodies washing up from... Oh, uh, was it Miami? Was yeah. that the center beach? Yeah. I can't remember what I, the period. There were five beachheads. Yeah. But just to be there and, and feel that. I mean, just like, you feel it. You really do. And you can see how impossible the task was. Like, you ever seen that opening scene of Saving Private Ryan? I mean, I know this is probably bad parenting, but when my kids were about ten years old. I made him watch it. I'm just like, that's about the time I saw it. My grandpa, yeah. I, I watched it with him, and he goes, "Yep, that's about how it was." And I was like, <gasps> "That's just crazy." Yeah, I, I remember I was actually working at the theater. That was like '97 or something that came out. You used to work at Pickwick. Yeah, yeah, that was my uh, last you know, job. Uh, you know, uh, Andy Edwards. 
he's worked there forever. Apparently, well, he doesn't work there anymore. But he like mowed the yards. He he was working there. Andy Jones. Uh, no, this guy, uh, he works at the highway department now, but he mowed the yards out there until they sold. Really? Yeah. I probably know him, but it's, it's been a long time. Yeah. His son trains with me, um, and has since he was like 10, he's like 16, 17 now. I remember though, I would, uh, people, whatever would go, they go in and, and, uh, they come out, you know, older men, they come out and they come out crying because they had been there or they had been in war and they tasted it and, yeah, we're talking like you know men in their fifties, sixties, seventies. I forget how old at the time, but old enough to have been in the that probably would have been seventies, seventies, yeah, yeah. So um, I just really, yeah, it's and I, that's why I wanted my kids. It's like this is graphic, this is violent, but this is what war looks like. It's not just like bang bang, everybody's dead. You know, that it's like amphibious landing craft. I mean, imagine like, I mean, you've seen the pit, the iconic pictures. They're all like just a bunch scared. of heads in there. And they were getting sprayed on the way in. Yeah. I mean, and then they land, and it's right, right, right. And just the fact that, like, the ones that were went into the water sunk to the bottom, you know, because yeah. they were so weighed down with gear, and they're just trying to, yeah, just. Can, know, we can only imagine, really. And that's you know, you've seen that meme saying that uh, in 1945 or 1944, people were men were rushing the shores of, of Normandy. You know, 18 year olds were. And in, in 2016, 17, 18, uh, 18 year olds need safe spaces so that words don't hurt them because words are hard. You know, and it, when you think about that, it's like there, there's a blessing that comes with peace, but I also think there's a complacency and maybe a, uh, I don't know, how would you say it? Sca- uh, well, maybe, maybe this is not what you're getting at, but maybe like almost like scapegoating. It, it, yeah, to a degree. Because I feel like, um, yeah, I, there, there's one uh, particular instance. There's a famous actor that got out of World War II named Audie All. Uh, uh, no, that's that's my graphic design guy, <laughs> Audie Murphy. Murphy. I almost said Audie Oliver from <laughs> Black Hat Creations. Uh, Audie Murphy, yeah. like Eddie Murphy, but Audie. And he was in all these war movies, but he, as uh, well documented, suffered from some serious post traumatic oh, yeah. stress. How could you not? Yeah, exactly. But what's crazy to me is how many people from that generation, if they were just like, oh, I'm just going to be an extra hard ass on my son or whatever, like, my grandpa just never talked about it. Yeah. He, he, he talked about it to me near the end of his life. I did a documentary film project for tech for a class I was taking. Oh, that's cool. And, like, that, that to my knowledge, Unless it was with a war buddy or something, it's the first time he ever talked about it. And like, so, and he was in his his late seventies at the time, maybe yeah. early eighties, yeah. and just compartmentalized all of those experiences for that many years. And right. he, then he actually had a son pass away in Vietnam. Mm. So it's like, and and he'd kind of like didn't talk about it, wasn't a thing. And his son did not get drafted. His son signed up, and he wanted his son to go to Canada. So you take a uh, and you understand why he wanted to go. Camp. Yes, yeah. you take yeah because he was at he was at that. He's uh, like I've I've been there and yeah he understood. He's, what he's seen war yeah. yeah and his son ended up going and uh, dying got in gassed in a in like a bomb crater like they said somebody threw some gas in there and like they it's they said that <clears throat> it is sure no like he's totally no damage done to his body or anything just. Like they were like hiding out. Uh, they were trying to advance up this hill. They were to keep trying to take this hill, and um, there was a bomb crater, and they just like jumped in it, 
to um to to hide, take cover, cover or whatever, yeah. and somebody chunked a some sort of poisonous nerve gas in there, and that's what took him and a few of his friends out. Now all these streets in California where they're from are named after him. The whole neighborhood. Wow. Yeah. Man, I mean, you. I I feel like uh, yeah. We we we've grown up on video games. We've grown up on when we pull the trigger. There's not really a consequence. Call of Duty. Yeah. yeah which may be part of what we're talking about with the gun shootings. You know, we we're training people to. Well, maybe maybe and I, this is far out there, but maybe it's a positive thing in that like. I don't think the war we're talking about is going to, the, the methods of war that we're talking about are going to exist that much longer. That's right? a good point. With I, the robots and cyber warfare and, and technology that's happening. And yeah. I mean, we've, I just talked about we've had drones since the 50s or 60s, yeah. had Google Earth in 88. Um, NASA could le- read a license plate from one mile away in 1977. Why did they need to do that? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, so satellite. Yeah, yeah, okay. I have a conspiracy about this. This is the NASA image of the day, which was done in Photoshop. Right. Thanks to the flat earthers, as, as they all that. are. Right. Yeah. But yeah, right. <laughs> no, you have to. You have to. But uh, yeah, it's. Um, what did you think about the Elon Musk, the the car in space type deal? <laughs> okay. Well, first of all, they 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 launched it and they they recorded it and they used David Bowie's uh, Life yeah. on Mars. So I was gonna watch it. Yeah. Oh yeah. I just want to hear the song. It's apparently still on a YouTube live feed right now. Is it really? Yeah. <laughs> just floating <laughs> out. In space. Yeah. Did they actually launch it to Mars? Like on? Toward, I, toward I don't know. Mars? It's just floating in just space floating. with the Earth in it's the just background. Just junk now. Yeah. Just, we just littered. This is what we did. Um, I uh, I think it's hilarious. First of all, I'm glad it was privately owned and operated. You know, I, I'm glad we didn't pay for that. Um, I think it's incredible. I mean, I honestly do. I, the fact I that I love that it's privatized. I've, yeah. been, I've been getting super into Elon Musk. That guy yeah. is solving some. Like he's trying to solve the traffic problem. In I know. LA. I know. And and I've looked at his uh, thing, the, the tunnels, the shoots. You know, 130 miles an hour. That gets where you need to go pretty fast. Indeed. Um, it's it's futuristic. I mean, we're coming upon this time where like nothing looks like it did a hundred years ago. So nothing is going to probably look the way it does. I mean, uh, landmarks and, and Earth itself is going to look the same, but not uh, not the way we do things, you know. And, and there's something about that. Like, part of me is like, hey, don't do the GMOs. You know, don't not do that. We don't have to. I understand that we want to, but just because we can doesn't mean we should. Exactly. And I, I think there's there's in a lot of scientific. Um, Things like that, we we forget to ask ourselves: Should we do this? It's thing like cloning. Obviously, you know they're cloning humans somewhere. They are. You know, I mean. Yeah, there's some lady I just read that had her dog cloned in China or Korea, South Korea, maybe. Crazy. Because you can't find a dog anywhere else, right? Yeah, yeah. Was, <laughs> you can't yeah, this, find a little runt. That's just... This same lady had. Uh, she was like a Miss. Uh, entered the Miss America pageant and won her state and. But she was this, uh, I don't know if you've heard it, it was, uh, Mormon. Uh, she was fascinated with Mormon men, and she would kidnap them and, like, rape them and stuff. What? And they skirted over it because they're like, well, a woman couldn't rape a man. But she would chloroform them and, like, straight up like that misery movie. Oh, like, chain them, chain them up. And, and there's this, I, I've got to look her up again. Yeah, that is not a fantasy of mine. But she would, uh, she would only target, like, Mormon men. Yeah. Totally, totally out there like a planet, but she is also famous for being one of the first people ever dog cloned. Not right. only is she was she in jail, they you know what no? she was from uh, from England, and they wouldn't extradite her uh, because because like I said, they're like, 
a woman can never rape a man. <laughs> right, that's impossible. That's impossible. Well, that's but something else that the Me Too, you know... She did go to jail for a little while, though. ...brought out was that men... There's a lot of Me Too, Me Too stories with men, you know. Yeah, oh, I mean, I... Yeah, yeah. I totally see that. And, uh, like, like I was saying, like, I, I had personally been put in a situation in which I was super uncomfortable. Uh, same, same thing. And I wasn't even married at the time. Yeah, um, same thing. But Cora and I, we've only been married for a year and a half. We've been together for eight. Right, so uh, sometime during that other... But, but the point is, you do. As men, you get put in situations. And the worst part about being a man in a Me Too situation is that we are expected to want these things. Like, oh, yeah, you know, if, if I were to tell, like, something happened when I was 14 years old, you know, a, a girl was really aggressive to me, an older girl who was really aggressive, like, about two or three years older. And, um, you know, as I was just like... What do I do? So I told a guy, and I'm just I told a friend of mine. I'm just like, well, this happened. He's like, yeah, man, right you on, go, bro. Yeah, I'm just like, I don't think you understand. I don't feel that way. <laughs> That's not what I was saying it for. I'm saying it because it, it felt wrong to me. You know, it felt like something that, that shouldn't happen. But you know, you 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 live with it, and then you go on, and then as you, you get to be an adult, you're like, I'd like to protect my kids from that. I'd like to make sure that you know. They don't get us put in a situation where... Did you ever have that thought, like, pre-parenting, where you're like, oh, how could I bring a kid into the world? I think that's this? normal, man. I think it's normal. I think... Um, I don't get hung up on it, but no, I, I think about but it. But I, I think it's it's legitimate. But I, there's something so beautiful about looking at this thing that is really part of you and part of your spouse, part of the woman that you love. You know? That's so unique because, like, I, I've thought that it's like... That connection is, in 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 a, a strong sense, has to be somewhat greater than like so. Like Cora and I, like we're not, we don't have a blood relation going on. We're, I consider like we're family. You know, that's she. We're going to start a family together. We are, we are starting a family, but I don't know. I just like every dad I, and I've ever heard tell me this. Like you, you don't know what love is until you like hold your kid for the first time. Like you think you love your wife, and then. <laughs> And you do. You love your wife more than anything, and then something else comes out that's like you didn't know that. That's like a. I, th I think it opens up. It opens up for a lot of people. It did for me. Um, the fact that that it, for me, it, it helped me see God in a different light. You know, because like you said, you do have a bond with your wife, and it is it's very know, strong. It's it's it, it is blood. It's it's the blood you know that's shared. It's 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 that grit and sweat and yeah tears. It's a, the kid yeah. yeah and the kid brings you together too i it mean does. it's you know you both made yeah and then but at the same time like you look at this thing I, like for my, my son he when he was born you know a lot of I, these these super dads will be like i held my son on the first day and i knew i would never love anything more than this bundle of joy <laughs> i looked That's at the story i held it i was like what the crap I was like, "What have what have we done? We can't undo this. We can't just like put them back in." You it's know, be scary. What are we gonna do? So for three months, it was hellish. It was like him screaming and and nights of getting up and this and are we doing this right? Are we doing this right? And I, right about the three month turn, he looked at me, and he smiled, and it was my smile. I mean, my smile on his face, and I was like, "I get it now. I get it." I get it because then it's like okay, right there, you're mine and I'm yours and I always will be. You know that's that's to me that's. How'd you say your son is now? Sixteen. Uh, he's uh, just about to turn fourteen. We have about a few months he'll turn fourteen. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, that, and that's it. You know, I mean, to me, it's uh, when when you 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 can't deny something that is your flesh. 
you know. And I think that's honestly when God looks at us, he's like, they're mine. I'm theirs, and then they're mine. Because he sees, he sees his smile in our smile. So whenever I realized that as a, as a dad, the more, the more I was like, that's how you feel about me? <laughs> you know, only a billion times more? It's like, I can get on board with that. You know, I can get on board with that kind of love. And so, yeah, it's, it's uh, don't, don't let it weigh you down. You know, when it's time? Oh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, well, and two, that's uh, the one part of it that's uh, sort of fascinating to me. Like, I don't feel like I have a, much of a biological clock working against me here. You know, yeah. you, you Wait, hear, how old are you now? You, I'm 30, about to be 31. Yeah, you're a baby. Yeah. <laughs> and Cora, fortunately for me, Cora is um, 25, about to be 26. What? Yeah. So mm, she's got Ryan. plenty of years left on her, her little. In the cradle. Uh, yeah, that is true. <laughs> True. No, that's great though. I mean, because yeah. honestly, I think uh, I was 29. I was just a few weeks away from being um, 30 whenever Isaac was born, and then uh, my daughter two years later. And I think that is like the time where you're mature enough to not be the idiot that you were <laughs> whenever you were in your time. I'm so thankful. Oh man, I didn't imagine have a kid. Because uh, 19 years old. Oh, or just, and people do. You know, every day. How do they do it? It's got to change you. They, as a human. they probably do it. They either do it really well. And they, they're like, rise up to the challenge, or they do it really badly. We haven't talked about abortion yet. Yeah. Uh, you, <laughs> I'm just going to throw this out here. No, throw it out. All because, right. um, I, you know, I, I have a lot of, um, I guess you could say, uh, I have a lot of liberal viewpoints. I have a lot of conservative viewpoints. I don't identify with a Republican nor a Democrat. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but, like, a lot, of, a lot of my views would line up with, you could say, Democrat-type views. But I'm, like pretty anti-abortion yeah. and when people hear that i don't care what they say yeah. like i can't i can't fathom that concept there's there's no amount of good i think that could come from it to justify it being a government sanctioned in, institution like and it i is. think what you just said is the thing government sanctioned i think um it's it's like they privatized you know nasa basically they've you know they, they've that's different it's not you know we didn't spend our, our 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 money on sending a car up into space you know that was private money and the thing with uh, when it comes to abortion, I look at it two ways, and, I, and my mind's expanded on this in the past few years, in the past ten years probably. I look at it like, okay, there are people killing babies. You know, it's as simple as that. I don't like to church it up and be like destroying the fetus. Life it's starts. It's a clump of cells. You know, it's it's killing babies. If you leave the baby alone, it'll grow into a human. That's been the way I've always yeah. seen it. So it is what it is. And, and that's why I think I don't want you to dumb it down. Let's call it murder. It's, you know, it is what it is. But but here's the here's the frustration part in, 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 in my uh, – because I'm the same way. I'm conservative in some ways. I'm liberal in some ways. In, in, a, in, a, in a child's life, if we – did that move by itself? I can bounce your off the Cord. Haunted Sphinx. <laughs> so, in a child's, child's life, um, you know, if the mother doesn't want the child and it commits, you know, it commits murder and it goes on to, uh, to um, you know, the, 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 the mom goes on, if we don't and the, the, we force a, a child to be born into a family that doesn't want it. I know that's the, that's what sucks about it. Then too. are we not? You know, we're going to have somebody you know, in in eighteen years. We're going to have what? Are we going to have a rapist? Are we going to have somebody who's sociopath? Who's been or who's been sold into slavery? You know, by their parents who didn't want them in the first place. I'm just saying, like, 
there's a reason people don't have kids, you know, and it's because a lot of times kids drain a lot of money. They, they require a lot of time, they require a lot of attention. And we see these kids in DHS, you know, that have been chained to toilets, chained. Oh. Uh, you know, we see cigarette burns on their arms. And all, you see all these things. And it's like, which is more kind, you know? And, and the part that frustrates me with a really conservative idea is uh, no abortions, no abortion, no abortion. And then they, you know, okay, the baby's born. What are you going to do to help propagate that baby's life towards success? Uh, nothing. You know, I'm, I'm not concerned with that as long as we didn't kill the baby. Well, but you 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 sentenced it to a life of cruelty, you know. So I I, I kind of have that thing. It's like, okay, no, I don't want abortion to to be, but because it exists and it's going to exist regardless of whether or not we do it. I don't want to put government money. It's into like a it. da- uh, damned if you do, damned if you don't. It is. Deal. It is. And in the book Freakonomics, I don't know, have you ever read that? Uh, it's been forever, but right? Yeah. You know, it talks about how uh, they they look they analyze the data and they like the crime is going to be out of control. In a few years, and then Roe versus Wade happens, and suddenly the crime starts going down and down and down, and they're like, "Well, the conclusion that we come to is that you killed the criminals before they could become criminals." And so, well, and at what point? Uh, you ever watch Black Mirror? I love Black Mirror. Yeah. <sighs> that that'll mess with you. Yeah, I mean, at what point do we start um, selecting those you know people ahead of time? Or I mean, if the technology evolves to a point where it's like, um, I, the, you remember the one with the. Uh, uh, the military guy and like he sees the he sees like a zombie because of his chip right right but, uh, what what do they call him they have some like um, horrible word for yeah. him like uh jex or shex or something uh, yeah uh, something like that yeah so he see but they're just normal people but they right. have these impure bloodlines right and so like, they're so almost like hitler eradicating. 3.0. exactly exactly and yeah. you know What's crazy, even we live in this time, as you're talking about Hitler, and people are already trying to deny the Holocaust happened. I, and I worked, in a, I worked at the history department with a guy who unfortunately passed away. But, uh, and there was a Jewish guy in the department, too. Yeah. And like, they both like that office next door to each other, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, one of them was a Holocaust denier, and one of them was Jewish. And it's like, oh man, this yeah. is just. And they got into some sort of shouting match one day. I don't know if that was well, what, it, what it was about. What's but. crazy is, and, and they they made them, um, they made them take pictures. They're like, document these mass graves, document these frail bodies that are falling apart, and document the cruelty because people won't believe it, you know. And now here we are in the, in in the age of misinformation. People don't believe it. People people believe this false narrative that is led by a proper agendicized proper it's crazy the the conspiracies that are out there against the jews yeah um and against against white people (laughs) i mean they're like i mean it's not just the antifa and all this i mean it's just the hundred organizations like that's why i love watching vice news so much is because they they go off on a lot of these fringes of society topics Mm -hmm. and will sit down and interview a white supremacist and you're like oh my goodness that there are people out there that that still it, it, it blows my mind. I'll say this one thing that I've seen uh, that is just absolutely disgusting. It's called NAMBLA. Have you seen this no. North American Man Boy Love Association? It's yeah, it's 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 pedophiles and it's pedophiles with people with a lot of money because these are legitimate. You should research it. It's it's horrific. I will because there's a what is there's a crazy documentary out that couldn't even watch more than like fifteen minutes of it called Conspiracy of Silence. Mm, I haven't seen that. Maybe don't even yeah. Maybe just not. read an article. Yeah, about read it. an article. But it's a, it's along the same lines what you're saying. Like uh, basically like. 
pre-Sandusky, but along the same lines of like these elite societal people. Yeah. My my philosophy on on the, you know, when it comes to sex, no kids, no animals. You know, like, just keep it simple. Uh, the Bible tells us don't real. don't don't awaken love before t- <laughs> before it's time. You know, and the, these these people that it's, I saw a, a, a thing for the other day called uh, Trans Age hashtag Trans Age. And uh, shows a silhouette of a grown man, but inside the grown man, he identifies as a little girl, and therefore he's reaching out to a little boy. So it's okay because he's just trans age. It's and and here's the thing is, what what you'll see. This is my speculation. If if people can get you to laugh at it, then they'll get you to eventually accept it. So have you seen what's going on with Canada? Uh, no. Jordan Peterson, all these gender pronouns. No. Oh, and I have. There's like 62 different pronouns. Yes. Yeah, so there's there's a guy that has been. Uh, he, he's given a lecture on that. Uh-huh. Uh, he's a professor at some university in Canada. This his name's Jordan Peterson. Uh-huh. It, I think that just based off our conversation today, your views align up with a lot of his views. Oh, yeah. But um, he was given a lecture about how the gender pronouns are a lie. Yeah. You know whatever and. Um, a student at this university walks up to him and blows an air horn in his ear. Like, that's the world that we're living in. Right. You know, I mean, I know you've seen it during the election year and stuff on college campus, these little riots happening. Somebody yeah. get punched in the face. It's not doing anything. Yeah. You know, I mean, so. <sighs> well, was it, was it Milo? Uh, uh, Yiannopoulos. Yiannopoulos. He was yeah. on Joe Rogan. Yeah. Uh, where probably what you're, uh, I don't know, uh, but that he came on Joe Rogan and started talking about all this crazy stuff of him um, with his priest back in the day yeah. and, and how that was normal. And I will say this, I don't I don't know why, or and I'm not justifying or anything, but I do feel like in the um, gay community, if that's even the politically correct, say to what, correct way to say it anymore, yeah. um, in the gay community, I feel like what we're skirting over right now is oh, they accept it. And I've, I've I've heard that like I'm propagating someone. Like Joe Rogan was saying it recently. It's like that people like Mio Yiannopoulos and or uh, George Takai. There's a story of him telling this like when he's like a a teenager off at camp with his um, counselor, who's this twenty something year old, and he's fourteen or something. And you know, I mean, it's just like, well, it's like, oh no, that's normal in our community. It's like, and I don't, I think that's a generalization. Right, right, right. But I, I think. Again, though, I mean, what people, what what tends to happen is is an idea or a philosophy is um, it's introduced through humor, and so we start laughing. Oh, that was a funny joke about bestiality. Oh, that was a funny joke about you know child pornography, all this kind of stuff. And I, I think it's more important than ever to draw the line. You know, truth is not abstract. Truth is absolute. So when it comes down to it, these decisions have already been made, and that is far beyond my pay grade. And I'm a flawed, messed up, screwed up human being in so many ways that I don't have a right to, to point at somebody else and be like, you really need to fix this about yourself. But I do have a right to say, you know, this is unhealthy and this is causing people to commit suicide and this brings sorrow and this brings sadness. So as many of the things we talked about today. Right. I mean, not just whether it's a the boy, we just got on abortion. No. I mean, but uh, no, I totally it, it, you know what's the what's the worst evil, and and if you're having to choose between evils, that's 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 called the last election. <laughs> I didn't. I couldn't even bring myself to go to the polls, man. I want to. I want to uh, vote for 
Matthew McConaughey because I felt like he was going to make America all right, all All right, right. all right again. Man, do you ever heard that he got, uh, I guess he lived on a beach or something, but he got arrested one time at his house, like playing the bongos naked (laughs) super high. (laughs) That's exactly what I expected (laughs) to be arrested for. Oh, man. Uh, You talk about a great actor. I mean, dude, you see him in Dallas Buyers Club. I haven't seen that yet. I have not seen that yet. I mean, I could watch it. It's painful. You know, it's kind of like Requiem for a Dream, but not quite that. It was a little more up Did uh, you watch um, Wolf of Wall Street? He had a cameo in Wolf of Wall Street. Yes. <laughs> Stupid funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that man. was another crazy movie. I know. I was trying to, uh, I guess they took it off Netflix or whatever. I was trying to stream it the other day. Um, I was on the road and I was like, well, I'll just turn it on and listen to it. And I couldn't find it. But that's a, that's a funny movie. I've only seen it once, but yeah. man, it is out there. Yeah. yeah. Well, huh. Yeah. <laughs> Well, man, I feel like we've covered the we've entire covered spectrum of humanity. Yeah, we've we've talked about all of um, you know art, music, the mysteries of the underneath the ice. Right? Yeah, yeah, we talked. We hit on aliens, we went out ice space, pyramids, went out to the the pyramids and the. Yeah. Yeah. We're done, man. We never have to have another. Conversation. We even talked about flat Earth. <laughs> Next time we have you back on, we'll talk about dinosaurs being fake. But yeah, uh, <laughs> I have a theory. Maybe dinosaurs are angels, and nobody's expecting them to look like that. Hey, they did say that the T-Rex probably had feathers now. They changed their mind on that. Oh, that's going to ruin the whole Jurassic Park series. I know, right? (laughs) A big big chicken. Well, man, they just made the last one. They made the pterodactyls have T-Rex in it. So, I mean, they've opened up creative licenses. It's good. They can do whatever. Well, uh, Rob, thanks so much for coming on. Some guy named Rob. Um, One more time, just go ahead and tell people uh, where they can get a hold of you, and we'll go ahead and wrap this up, man. Uh, Well, if you agreed with some of the things I said... (laughs) If not, then you're probably want to. I don't know if I want to tell people where you think it'll hold me now. Indeed. No, no. My uh, my website. You can find me on Facebook. You know, um, you can find some guy named Rob. Rob has two Bs. Uh, a quick Google search should take you to my website, sgnrob.com. You can get three free songs on there. Um, the new album is The Folkster, and there is a whole lot of uh, really good music hopefully coming out. And October 20th, 2018 is going to be the uh, Center for the Arts. I do hope you will come. I think it's going to be a a, a different kind of show, a show that Russell has never seen before. So. And is, that, is the album out yet? No, not yet. No, I'm, we're recording it now. We put, recorded part like of it at uh, Sun Studios in uh, in Memphis, you know, nice. which was great. It was awesome. Very nice. And uh, I'm excited about that. But uh, the other part, we're still in the process of recording. So, Okay. Fantastic. You think uh, October might see an album release party at this show? Well, I'd love to actually get the album out before then and uh, start working on the the next one, uh, you know, because like I said, I've but I don't know if that's going to happen because you, these projects do take time. But yeah, yes. there will definitely, good Lord willing, and the creek don't rise. Well, there, there will definitely be a, uh, uh, a a new album out in 2018, hopefully by summer. Excellent, man. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing. Thank it. you, Brian. Uh, thanks, thanks for coming on, promoting the album, and just sitting down and talking with me, man. Absolutely. Right on, bro. Thank you, dude.